hit some uh, topics quickly now. Let's start with the Colin Kaepernick uh, controversy. Um, Andrew, I'm going to cede the floor to you because you obviously know a lot more about sports than me. Okay, well, <laughs> the general gist of the situation is that Colin Kaepernick was a uh, fairly productive quarterback in the NFL for uh, the better part of three seasons. Uh, he was able to unseat a... Uh, a reasonably proficient quarterback in Alex Smith in San Francisco. He then went on to lead them uh, almost to a Super Bowl. Uh, he he played a style of offense that's known as the read option, and it, you know it's a little kitschy. It's kind of a gimmick. Seems to work really well against uh, you know slow moving defenses that play traditional style defense. And um, you know it 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 just so happened that uh, he decided that he wanted to. Uh, take up the mantle for some social justice initiatives of, you know, I guess highlighting uh, disproportionate enforcement of laws and punishment for uh, alleged disproportionate, alleged disproportionate for uh, blacks in uh, in you know every community, and uh, you know there's a whole lot there, um, and we can go through the details, but suffice to say that what ended up happening was that he was eventually pushed out of the league. Uh, his contract was up. Nobody wanted to deal with the headache that came along with him and his initiatives because it it really became kind of a lightning rod where... It's going to alienate half the fans. Yeah, exactly. And not just half the fans. I mean, here's the thing is that you could say that it'd be half the fans if it was the half, if only half the fans disagreed with his particular policies, but it was more like 70% because there were people who just didn't want politics and sports. It wasn't whether or not they had a position on what he was trying to like argue. It was just that they just didn't want to fucking deal with it. And that's a tangent we can come back to as well, because you know, I don't want to like play fast and loose with the truth. Like the truth is like, yes, there shouldn't be politics and sports, but sports are political in the sense that like everyone likes it when like uh, Muhammad Ali beats the shit out of like a Russian. Like right, that's right. fine during the cold war. But like, but like the, the biggest thing with the Colin Kaepernick protests, I guess we could just talk about real quick is, my whole thing was, look, I don't like it when I watch videos of government employees performing extrajudicial, what, mur- not murder, extrajudicial um, executions of, of, of citizens for nonviolent crimes when they don't pose an actual threat. But I don't think burning flags is the way to, if you're burning a flag and people in ISIS are burning flag, like, it's going to be hard to draw. People are not going to appreciate the nuance saying, no, 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 it's different. I'm burning the flag. I'm, I'm, I'm kneeing before the national anthem that black Americans die for when they fight in our wars every year. Right. Because of my reasons. People don't want that. There's a million ways to protest productively. Right. And that, well, that was the thing, too, is that, you know, initially it wasn't when he was started this protest, right? It went on for a couple seasons before it really gained traction and got like a whole lot of, you know, media attention and, and really kind of scorn from the people who did not care for his style of, uh, uh, protest. I mean, at, at first he was just sitting on the sidelines. He wouldn't, he wouldn't participate in the pledge or, you know, the, um, uh, you know, the flyovers or any of that stuff, which, you know, we have to come back to that too, because there's, there's kind of a little bit of an issue there where the NFL, it's a contract. Yeah. Well, right. They started, they started receiving money from the armed forces to try to drum up interest, uh, you know, in, um, uh, uh people enrolling or enlisting in the armed forces post nine 11. And so, you know, enlistment numbers were down and they, you know, the, the armed forces offered them a bunch of money and said, Hey, look, if you do all this uh, dog and pony show to attract new, uh, new uh, talent, so to speak, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a bunch of money. So whatever. So I guess he didn't like that or he didn't think it was going to be a big deal. And he was just sitting on the sidelines. And then he started to catch the attention, um, of, uh, of, of people that really wanted to highlight, you know, that he was kind of being a, a and the, and the message is more important than the messenger, but there's a problem also, like, I, it does matter to a certain degree 
who the messenger is insofar as credibility and the latitude to talk about certain sure. subjects. It shouldn't be that way. Right. It sh- the, 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 softest, the softest voice from the most like egregious characters should still carry the same truth value as anyone else. But the truth is, here's a rich guy Super rich, right. super privileged, raised by he's adopted by like, he's adopted raised by, by white people, yes, exactly. and and he's and he and the things he say his, his like some of his quotes were just I found I found them to just be like, like well not only inter- just his quotes I mean some of his actions too I mean like he 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 would wear uh you know uh, knee high socks to practices that had depictions of uh, police officers as pigs he would wear shirts that you know had uh, Fidel Castro on them I mean just yeah. just generally anti American sentiments exactly. you know in terms of. What we would like to see. This uh, this helped like ruin his protest movement to begin with. But anyway, absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll see back to you now. So let's just go back to like. So he he doesn't get signed, and nobody wants him because he's kind of mediocre, and he's like he's just fucking bad for business, and right. it is a business. And so here's the thing, though, is that what I'll, I will give him some credit. So originally his protest was just sitting on the sidelines, and when he started to catch flack for that, a teammate of his, Eric Reed, suggested that instead of sitting on the sidelines, what he should do is he should kneel. You know that way people understand and. I think it was also another uh, a veteran who played in the NFL, Nate Boyer, who suggested that he should kneel instead of uh, sitting on the sidelines because that would at least show like deference to those that have served. I don't. This is kind of a side note, but I don't know if you saw South Park two two seasons ago. The opening episode was about Colin Kaepernick when this was first going on, and what they did was uh, to get around this. The South Park creators who are hilarious satirists. They said. Now show your respect for the Pledge of Allegiance by standing or sitting or kneeling. Sure, and sure, then, and, and, right. <laughs> and you know, I mean, it's great. I, look, honestly, like, and that at that point, you, you could see that he wasn't necessarily trying to, you know, solely the armed forces or, or or say that he wasn't in favor of, you know, uh, American values. It was just that look, he was highlighting that there are injustices that need to be righted in those communities, allegedly. And um, so, yeah. So at that point, I think uh, really he, he was. <laughs> this he was on the ass end of a contract. He he didn't have any prospects. He wanted a shitload of money. Um, he also had stated that he did not want to be a backup. That's 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 an important point too. Is that he was said he was like I will not sign a contract where I'm going to be a backup, even though his career was kind of already tailing off because you know defensive coordinators who are paid to scheme against this type of offense, which is a fairly easy offense to to you know uh, deal with. Um, you know, had caught up with him. And so there, his numbers had declined precipitously and he just had nowhere to go. So he decided that he was going to sit. NFL. Yeah, he was going to sit out. He was not going to sign a contract. He was going to wait until basically every other talent. All his he, demands are met. Yes, uh, every other mediocre talent in the league had been soaked up by another team. And then he would say, oh no, see, the reason why I'm not in the league is because the owners have colluded against me and he decided that he was going to file There's no collusion. <laughs> and, so, and so like this, the whole thing, uh, his entire argument is predicated on the fact that everybody else could get a job and he couldn't get a job even though he had ridiculous terms and decided that, you know, he wanted to have his cake and eat it too. And, you know, the, the, so, the, you know, this is winding its way through the courts, blah, 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 blah. And you say the NFL, and the NFL's, like you told me before we started, like the NFL... It's kind of caught up in so many controversies right now that they 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 decided to settle. The right, absolutely. I mean, it just became one of those things where they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't sacrifice the social capital. I mean, they're having enough issues as it is with all the concussions and everything else that's going on. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, they're catching a lot of flack about the cheerleading. You know, being like predominantly oh. women, and now we have to have you know male cheerleaders. Why are and all these else. cheerleaders so freaking hot? What about these impossible beauty stands? Right. How come I mean, they're they, on fat, ugly cheerleaders? Yeah, they know. Oh, Why like they aren't know fat, ugly audience. cheerleaders jumping ten feet into the air? Right. I don't know. Yeah, Why do you exactly? Think? Or various other reasons that you wouldn't have fat male <laughs> cheerleaders. But exactly. In any case, so um, yeah. So then all of a sudden, now there's a headline that Colin Kaepernick has decided to settle his lawsuit. 
Um, the figures were undisclosed, but people close to the issues have said that he has settled uh, somewhere in the magnitude of 60 to $80 million. More than like any contract would Right, have been. right. Yeah, I mean, well, nowadays, you know, quarterback contracts, multi-year contracts do top $100 million, but those are for quality quarterbacks. We're talking about top five in the league. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick at this point, as a starter, probably somewhere around 20th, maybe 25th. And that's even if he could actually prove himself again. I mean, it's a, it's, this is a problem with America. You can get paid to not do your job. Sure, absolutely. It happens even with like shitty teachers. You know, we talk, we talk, we support teachers on this podcast, obviously. But when it comes to bad teachers, this thing called like the rotating room, where if you're a horrible teacher because you can't get fired because the teachers unions are so powerful, they just lock you in a room all day and say, "Go play with, go right, play with right, the right, fucking right. Here's some administrative duties. Yeah, you know, just and, leave and you everybody get, alone. Get paid full salary. So play anyway, nice. So he gets his sixty to eighty million dollars, and this is just there was this meme that I posted that was hilarious, like, like. Stand up, stand up for what you believe in until you settle out of court. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it just really kind of like cuts against everything that he he was uh, purported to stand for. I mean, like the whole principle of, you know, do what is right, even in the face of all the adversity. Last year, I think there was that Nike commercial. Do you recall that yes. where, you know, oh, like if even if it means sacrificing everything, what are you talking about? If oh. you're going to settle out of court. You basically abandoned all your principles that you were claiming that oh, you were standing for. Over the weekend, I was at my friend Megan's house in Orlando, and we were by her pool, and, and I brought up something that I've seen before talk about, which is called like the era of woke capitalism, and it's it's really a joke. I mean, so woke capitalism more or less refers to the fact that you have big corporations and companies, hundreds of millions, sometimes multi billion dollar companies that pretend to give a shit about social justice and like progressive issues ostensibly in order to sell consumer goods to people who pretend to hate capitalism but love fucking stuff. Absolutely. And, Nike's one of the worst offenders. Well, like the classic one is like, you know, you watch a Pepsi commercial today and, and you would think you were watching, I don't know, like the civil rights movement of our generation. Like, you know, it'll be like a like a, a, a transgendered, uh, 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 dark-skinned Muslim girl like uh, like throwing like a fucking Pepsi bottle at a cop and then the, and the people are like clapping like, yeah! And it's like, wait a second, that's a plastic bottle you just bought that plastic bottle. These people are destroying our fuck. These corporations are destroying our planet. <laughs> Even if Coke is delicious, like right. you know, they're they're destroying our planet. And you're buying the bottle, and you feel good about yourself because you're supporting the good guys because they share your 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 political viewpoints. And it's just total nonsense. Yeah, it's really funny too because occasionally they'll get caught with their hand in the cookie jar. I mean, like I know that uh, Pepsi's a good example because they definitely came out with a commercial last year that had Kendall Jenner, and she yeah. was supposed to be like solving all these like world conflicts, and what she was doing was like handing people Pepsis, and yeah. all of a sudden that was supposed to resolve all these like issues that they were having and people were like the marketing guys what please. the fuck <laughs> no it's totally ridiculous and then like this brings us back to like the gillette thing earlier you know a couple months ago oh sure like shaming men yep and like it's a fucking razor yeah and ugh. yeah absolutely i i know that like uh, another you know harry's another razor company had jumped on board with that and basically i mean all, all i could imagine is the the ceo of dollar shave club just sitting there and being like Thank you so much because I mean, there's no way for that not to backfire. You're you're selling your product to masculine men. I mean, this is their your entire demographic. So what are you doing? Again, woke capitalism, razors, disposable razors is a fucking scam. I personally have a straight blade and I have a safety razor where you just buy little razor blades for not the, not the not the disposable ones. You buy like like an actual single razor yeah, blade that you, you can put, use a wet stone. Yeah, and you right. can use, you can use it forever. I mean, like each one of these blades costs ten cents and it'll last you like ten shaves. Yeah. As opposed to buying like fifty dollar packs of disposable things for like the Mach five thousand turbo, yeah. whatever the fuck it is, yeah. and so yeah, so these people are selling pollution, but because they're selling it under the veneer of social justice, right? You know that makes it a great fucking product, and then liberals eat it up. And you know what's funny too, like with razors in particular, 
Like, since when do fucking hippies shave? I mean, like all these all these leftists sure. have like these massive fucking beards. Right, right. right. It's just a total. It's they're not even like thinking critically about like their own market. Right, like, right. To. Yeah, exactly. It's just trying to take advantage of of whatever the you know complaint du jour is from that crowd. Yeah, the social zeitgeist. But oh well. All right, so he settled. He's an asshole and a sellout. Fuck him. That's yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, it should be a lesson to everybody because I imagine you know, I mean, here's the thing: is that if this was any other individual, maybe somebody who was not a minority or who wasn't like a polarizing sports figure, if they tried to do the same thing, you know, they would get eaten alive by even their own crowd. You know, but the fact is, is that this is Colin Kaepernick, and in the interval. You know, between he his settlement and you know his, I guess uh, departure from the league, you know he has been holding up the mantle where he's been kind of you know contributing massive amounts of money, millions of dollars, lots of time to tr you know to all these organizations. But if you're asking me, it's all for naught because I mean, in the end, what does it really amount to? You know, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, if you're not making statistically significant changes in whatever it is you ostensibly care about. Then you're just posturing, right? Well, and, and that's the thing too is that I mean, if you really wanted to affect change, or you wanted to, you wouldn't be like pitting yourself as an adversary to those in power that could actually affect a change. You'd be doing the Kim Kardashian thing. You'd be going to the White House. You'd be shaking the hand of the president. Yeah. You'd be trying to figure out ways you want to be part to, of the conversation, right? Exactly. Not necessarily trying to make yourself a martyr, which yeah. is what he did. Well, putting yourself in timeout is pretty childish, and then and then bitching until you get what you want is ridiculous. I mean, I don't think the NFL should have folded. I, but but I get but again it's a business people exec, right. execs make decisions and yeah sixty to eighty million dollars is a drop in the bucket I think uh, what was it yeah, I, you know, I don't have any figures for last year but I know that two years ago the NFL made uh, uh, something like ten billion dollars in profit now part of that's because of you know they get corporate welfare like a lot of big big things I mean they don't have to pay taxes and stuff like that okay yeah, whatever yeah. the point though is that yeah, ten billion dollars in profit they can no. they can stand to throw away oh 60 sure to it's, 80 a, it's the cost of doing business in right. twenty nineteen I mean like when an oil when an oil firm blows up like right. when Deepwater Horizon happens, yeah. like it's mea culpa, mea culpa. Literally, less that quarter. That quarter was still profitable, right? Yeah, like even with like a hundred, like a hundred billion dollars worth of fines. I mean, that's yep. how much money there is in this shit. Yep. And so, I don't know. I just it just wasn't effective. Okay, let's move. Let's move on to um the ongoing um like three week saga of I, I don't even know how to say his name. Is it Jesse Smollett, the, the actor on Empire? That is what I understand his name to be, Jesse Smollett. Yeah, just smelled, spelled, smelled. Just, just smells. Yep. Spelled, spelled, <laughs> well, it's spelled like J U S S I E. Like, yeah, it's supposed Jussie? to be like a Jesse, like yeah, you know, whatever. That's what hooked on Fox sucks. Anyway, so okay, so this guy obviously he was uh, he said he first was, of all, who is he? He's he's the actor. He plays like a gay character on Empire. Correct. Yeah. Which is a which is like a show about yeah. black the black music industry. Uh, it, well, not specifically, but, but I think yeah, yeah, just generally. That's those are the characters that it's are like, featured. It's like hip hop and rap. Like that's totally. What yeah. Totally. Okay. So he, he claimed that he was assaulted. He told he told a he he told the story to the police and then subsequently to I don't know one of the, was a CNN or who gave the story to. Okay. This it's a little deeper than that. So yeah. let's just kind of like hit yeah, the, the let me, rewind. Let me, let me so let you take point. Yeah. So what ends up happening here is that uh, Jesse. Um, receives a letter in the mail and it is written in like chicken scratch, like little kid writing or whatever. There's no return address. All it says is MAGA. Uh, it's sent to the Fox News affiliate studio in Chicago where Power is filmed, right? Um, he gets the letter. He and his manager kind of... Where Empire is filmed or... Where Empire's filmed. Oh, you said or, Power. I was like, what? Did I say Power? Sorry. Yeah, yeah I'm Empire. <laughs> so in any case, so where it's filmed... Um, his manager and he suspect that there's something awry here, right? Because it's like, you know, a, a, a terrible letter, you know, the penmanship's awful. It says MAGA as the return address. They put on some white gloves or whatever. They open the letter up and inside is a bunch of white powder. Okay. Okay. Inside, inside it says, 
we have some ambient noise for you. Yeah, all. we live under a flight path at Palm Beach International. That's a that's a heavy though. That's not that's that's no, that's be, a bigger one. Yeah. yeah. So in any case, um, so yeah, so 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 the manager and 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 he opened this letter. You know, there's a bunch of white powder in it. Um, it also says on the inside like you're gonna die, faggot nigger, or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. And you know, it has like a roughly drawn sketch of what you could presume is is. Jussie, because it's got like, uh, you know, it's got curly hair and everything like that. So that's the first thing. So this goes on to little fanfare. You know, people are like, okay, all right. You know, the inspector or the postmaster general, like air inspectors, whatever, start looking into it. You know, I mean, maybe there's an FBI investigation, who knows, but it's not, it's not blown up in the media. Nothing really happens. So that's three weeks prior to this, right? Then is what you were just describing happens. So so supposedly he, an assault happens. Yes, supposedly. an assault happens, right? Yeah. It's I mean, and look, if you look at the pictures, I mean, his face, he's got lacerations, he's swollen, this, that, and the other. Yeah, and I don't think he punched himself in the face. Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. No, I mean, just for clarity here. Okay, but but the point is that when he told the story, like he purposely made it sound like the the attackers were white. I yes. don't know if he ever once. I mean, I feel like the first thing. No, he did no, the- he absolutely did. He absolutely did. Either he did, or his manager did. The story that was reported first and foremost first was, was that, that they were wearing MAGA hats. Yes, and they, and they were like they're, ostensibly right. white men. Yeah. Hey, Empire. Hey, faggot nigger. Yeah. Hey, this is MAGA country. And he turned around and said, "What the fuck you say?" And then supposedly he got jumped. But then later on, it turned out there was no MAGA hats. There were, and then and then the witnesses didn't corroborate that story either. Right. Right. And then. And then he gave that, that that subsequent interview where he was trying to defend his actual. Well, I never said they were wearing MAGA hats. That's, yeah. that's the media doing, going away with their stuff. Right. Like, okay, maybe 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 that's. I'm so at that point I was still like following him. Like, well, look, this guy got assaulted. The media tried to spin a narrative and just trying to be bullshit. Sure. That's not really on well, him. Well, of course. I mean, you would expect in this day and age that they're going to jump on anything that they can in order to kind of push the narrative that you know Trump's America TM is racist yeah. and you know full of uh, emboldened bigots that are just going to go yeah. off and assault anybody they can. And then. And then it turns out that the two suspects Plot going twist. to the, the CCTV were two Nigerian guys. So they're two black guys. Well, it actually wasn't even CCTV uh, that captured the assault, though. This is an no, important thing. The guys and this is like kind of should have been a red flag to anybody who was paying <laughs> attention. But, of course, you had already had everybody in the, you know, in the celebrity sphere who had signed off on, on this being— We support you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. This was an attempted modern-day lynching. You've got 2020 candidates, you know, Kamala Harris and Cory Booker, who are like, this is why we need our federal anti-lynching law, even though there's plenty of state laws and federal laws about hate crimes and, you know, blah, 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 this and the other. But they wanted to get, you know, take the opportunity to really, like, hammer home that this is what we can expect in in this political climate. Yeah. So, so they all have signed off on it. Um, Jesse is— uh, you know, telling everybody that this is what happened. He says he fights him off or fights them off, but definitely like the timeline of the story is all off. Here's the problem. 45 minutes after the assault, he, he saunters into his fucking apartment building, which is in a fucking Tony neighborhood in South Chicago, where even his like neighbors are like, how could any of that happen here? I mean, there's cameras everywhere, you know, this, that, and the other. So, you know, the police go to interview Jesse. They say, Hey, look, you know, what's the deal? Um, let us see your phone. We, you know, we'd like to, you know, get a, a timeline. We'd like to corroborate that you were on your phone with your manager. You know, this, that, and yeah. the other. Oh no, I can't do that. Can't mm-hmm. do that. I've got all the sensitive information. I won't do it. You know. Meanwhile, he's being interviewed. He's got the noose around his neck. He's got, you know, the bleach supposedly or whatever liquid that they had poured on him still on him. He takes the cops out. You know, they're they're asking him to kind of run through the event with him. He's, you know, he goes through. He does the dog and pony show. And then he points up to a CCTV camera and he goes, good thing that's there because there were no witnesses that could corroborate the account. The cops don't say anything at this point, but 
come to find out that that camera was actually pointed in the opposite direction of where the assault occurred. So the only imagery that we have of this entire thing going down is uh, two, you know, figures that are walking away um, at 2.30, you know, or, or thereabouts in the morning. Uh, they're totally bundled up because it's the middle of a polar vortex in the middle of the night. <clears throat> yeah. And these guys are supposedly lying in wait for this specific character who was... You know, they had some sort of idea he was going to go to Subway at 2 a.m.? Yeah, so, yeah, because they supposed yeah, otherwise the alternative story is that, yeah, they just recognized them from Empire on the street. And then right, and happened to have bleach, happened to have a But news. the point is, it turned out they were from Nigeria. They went, they went home immediately after the attack, which is suspicious. They flew across, the, they flew to another, they flew to Africa the next day. Then they come back two weeks later, cops were waiting for them, they, arrest, they put them into questioning, and they say, my understanding is, I hope I'm not saying this incorrectly, they said he paid them to do this. Right. Well, what yeah. ended up happening is I think they didn't ever expect that they were going to get called in for questioning or this, that, or the other, that this was going to go away um, as far as, you know, they were never going to be seen. They were never going to be uh, investigated. And one of them the, was the an extra only, on the show. Yeah, totally. So they had a pre-existing relationship. The best part, though, of this whole thing, right, is that, and the way that they even caught up with these Nigerians do, uh, Nigerian dudes is that when Jesse finally agreed to turn over his cell phone records, which, by the way, the Chicago police had already subpoenaed from the provider— yeah. He had redacted them so heavily that the cops, in their brilliant detective ways, knew that they didn't have to look at the people that were still on the list. They looked for the numbers that had been pulled off, sure as shit, found the Nigerian number, knew that these guys had been in contact several times throughout the you know the last couple of months or whatever. And so they just basically told him, spill or you're going to jail. And so they threw him under the bus. They said, look, yeah, saying, like, you know, yeah, exactly. He told us that they were, you know, he was going to pay us and that this wouldn't even be an issue and this, that, and the other. I mean, that they had uh, rehearsed the event, that he had basically given them clues through social media about when he was going to be there because the scheduled time was earlier in the night, but that his flight was delayed. And so he was posting Instagrams about like what his whereabouts were like, oh, I'm still on just this stand, runway. Just standing outside Subway, just yeah. waiting for. Dude, <laughs> absolutely. So this guy is, is perhaps the dumbest criminal in the fucking history of the he's world he's still being treated as a victim not as a suspect which i find to be interesting is it because they're still trying to build a stronger case against them for lying or well yeah because here's the thing is that they don't know how deep this goes i think that the idea is it could is be that, an active measure well, by the cia well what they want to do is they want to nail him for a federal crime because you know there's obviously like a bunch of federal anti-hate statutes and things like that that they could elevate the charges if they can figure out that he busted some federal crime other than that right yeah the big thing is that like um what they're saying is that between him and the Norwegians, or Norwegians, excuse me, him and the Nigerians, they've they've kind of pieced yeah, kind together of that he is responsible also for the letter that he originally received, which now you're talking about mail fraud and all this other shit like that, which are just naturally yeah, no, well, federal, you federal You have felonies, yeah. Right. And so not just like the class three or four fel felonies, like, you know, lying to police, following, filing, ugh, filing a false report, wasting, you know, official man hours, whatever. That's blah, a blah, felony? Blah. I thought that was just a fucking misdemeanor. No, no, they're class three and four uh, felonies. Christ. Yeah, so, I mean, he's already up for that. He's not co uh, cooperating anymore. You know, he won't interview with them. He's retained the legal team. He needs team to learn to shut the fuck up again. Dude, like, seriously, he's re he retained the lawyer that Michael Cohen has retained, um, you know, for his charges and all this shit like that. I mean, he's he is fucked. Not only did he torch his career, I mean, he's, he's looking at serious prison time. So... And all to push forward a narrative. I mean, the worst thing is, and how obvious this whole fucking shtick was, was that he goes on that goddamn, you know, journalistic nightmare that was the uh, interview with Robin Roberts, and yeah. he's like, he says things that are just they're they're obviously obvious tells about lying. So I watched so I watched this video, and so I one thing I learned. So I, I studied linguistics, and we did forensic linguistics, and you learn so much from that. Like one thing is like when people are making up stories. 
they they avoid eye contact and their eyes look either to the top left or the top right. Sure. And then um, because they're they're creating they're actually right. using the imagination that part, part of the brain. brain. The yep. creative part of the brain, exactly. And then and then what's and then what another thing is called the like extraneous details when people provide you over the, the classic one, like if you want to, if you want to have a good lie, just give so much extra detail. Like, well, he can't be lying. Look at all this extra detail. Right. But normal people don't do that. Normal people just cut right to the fucking chase. Yeah, absolutely. So. so and so yeah. So during this interview, though, I mean, he's doing all of these things. You know, all, giving all the tells that you just basically um, uh, uh, recounted for us. But then what he also does is he's he's recounting the details in a way or making a plea, you know, for people to believe him as if he's already sunk. I mean, what he basically says is. It's tantamount to an admission that the whole thing is fabricated because he's like, I don't understand why they just won't believe me. I mean, he says that right there. Like, I mean, if that's not, you know, an admission of guilt, I don't know what is. Then during uh, the the point of the um, the the retelling of the the events, he says um, after after he described the attackers, he says, if I had said that this was a Muslim or a black person or whatever. If I had said he talks about identity politics you, in real time, he goes what, like, "Then you'd be all over this, right?" Instead of just saying like, "If I had been assaulted by X Y Z," you don't, you don't. Why would you? Why would you? Not only that, that but, wall? but but the idea that the media isn't already over. The media did take the bait, so right. you can't even make this bullshit false argument right. that like, like, oh, we, we really wanted it to be a, a a Mexican or a Muslim. You know, no, total nonsense. Yeah. So I mean, he he sunk himself there, and you know, the worst part about it is that like the firefighters that are our media. You know, they don't really. There, there was no attempt to kind of dig deeper or to like get to the source of the issue. Or here. issue I mean, retraction. There, there was no, false. there were no follow up questions that would really kind of like put him on the spot. Like, hey, how, you know, what, 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 how would you respond to these critics that say, you know, that you're not telling the truth or any of this type of thing? I mean, it was just, yeah, we believe you, Jesse. And then, you know, what after they get called on it, and after all this comes out. They, they, they sit there and they try to paint it as a puff piece, right? They say like, oh, no, 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 this was a celebrity interview. This was not an, a serious investigative yeah, journalism. Is that where they send Robin? Right. Robin yeah, so this is the whole thing. And I mean, not only that, I mean, obviously there was tons of branding everywhere that indicated that this was like a news special breaking. We've got Jesse live. You know, we're going to yeah. go ahead and go over all, not live, but whatever. We're going to go into detail about this. And um, yeah, so once all that was kind of done up, I mean, yeah, the plot's been 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 shown to be a, a total fucking farce and the best part though is is that after every you know major national media organization was all over it you know quick to jump on the yeah trump's a racist and this is why we fucking have to deal with this kind of nonsense in america you know blah 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 it was it was not 20 seconds after there was not an indictment but like the leak from the local media in chicago saying you know, he's he's in some serious trouble. Like he he is actually like one of the co-conspirators here and he, you know, fabricated this entire story. It wasn't 20 seconds before the entire media of world pivoted and was like, well, let's not lose sight of the oh, fact the bigger that story. This, yeah, this could happen in Trump's America, you know, yeah, just because this wasn't an example what a, of it. What an embarrassingly weak pivot to try to like salvage a horrible story. I mean, it, it, just unbelievable. And not only that, you have people like Brian Stelter, Mr. Mr. Fucking Reliable Sources, who is like, you know, uh, well, you know, the the national media, you know, we definitely waited on this. You know, we were we were trying to wait for all the facts to come out and this, that, and the other. Bullshit. No, I mean, it was, it was 30 minutes, 30 minutes after the news broke, after TMZ broke the news, they were all over that shit like fucking flies on a fucking... Was anyway. There's a problem with the celebrity culture in America, too. I mean, people just, they saw an opportunity and they and they ran with it. And it's right. just total nonsense. Um, it's this is the, All these competing narratives... So I'm gonna just tie this up though because I think we've said enough on this stupidity. But like, um, 
there was a funny meme, like there always is in relation to anything that happens around the world. And it was like, a, a, I would say like a conservative or a right-wing meme that said, and I showed a picture of uh, Jesse and I said like, when, when you have such a great life in America that you have to hire two Nigerian immigrants right. to, uh, to oppress you. Right, and right, like, exactly. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, there, there was another one of something to the effect of like, um, like how dare he contribute to the you know job losses by Americans by hiring Nigerians. There were plenty of Americans that would have kicked his ass for him or something like that. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the, just the, the last thing I'll say about it was that the best part was that in the Robin Roberts interview, he talks about how he fought off these two assailants or whatever, you know, because I'm a strong man and everything like this and that, you know, they always portray, you know, gay men as being weak and everything. Some of the, the dude, I know some gay dudes who would beat the fucking shit out of yeah. anybody that I fuck else that I know. Stereotypes are stereotypes, right? right. They exist for a reason, but obviously, Individuals are individuals, and yeah, I don't right. believe for Treat a second. As such. I don't believe that every individual gay guy is like it's like some flamboyant like like the guy from oh my god, what was the show? Reno nine one one, just right. like rolling around roller skates on a thong at a street corner, like Jesus Christ! Yeah, like, yeah. no, that's obviously and, and it was time. hilarious too because then once the, the the picture of the Nigerians actually leaked, I mean these dudes are fucking like full on bodybuilders. Like yeah. one is like a, a semi professional boxer. Like you're gonna tell me that you fought this dude uh, these dudes off and they just scampered away and left you? I mean, yeah. if they put a noose around your neck, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't have left it at that. And it's so hilarious too, like the 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 the, the false assertions that they. Or like trying to imply that they were white, and then this MAGA shit, and then like this Trump's America. Well, yeah. And then and then the news. I'm like, when like when I first heard the story, and I was like, oh my god, a fucking news. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. The best part is that also it's like it's like a this is MAGA country is supposedly something that they yelled, but the attackers apparently like the Nigerians that were paid to do this couldn't even find a MAGA hat in Chicago. They had to go to some like local hardware store, and they picked up just a couple of red fucking hats, you know. And so it just. The whole thing reeked from the beginning, and then obviously, like the truth prevails, and you know he's a dumbass. So that's that. Okay. Now moving on. Now let's pivot to New York, where Amazon HQ two is has fallen through, and uh, people like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and um, Elizabeth Warren were like dancing in the street, celebrating the fact that that uh, you know thousands of jobs weren't going to come to their city. Tens and that, of thousands. Tens yeah, of thousands. No, no. I will give I will give the left some leeway. It's true when you give. I'm not a big fan of giving corporate welfare cronyism. Yeah, I don't I don't, yeah. I don't like crony capitalism. I don't yeah. think you need to I don't think you need to give money to companies to come to your city. If you have a great city, they will want to come right. to your don't city. Don't pick winners and losers. Allow the market to determine, you know, who makes But it. I understand this is how quote unquote business is done because they were gonna build that HQ somewhere. And here's the thing, Amazon was smart. When they first decided to do this, they did what's called rent seeking uh, economic behavior, which is when they say, like, okay, who wants us that instead of saying like we want to come to the city and then negotiate from a point of I want this, what do I need to do to put this in your city? Instead they said, Hey, who wants us to put our Amazon HQ right in what, there? Give us your best offer. And then so that everyone competed and everyone wastes countless resources and and and, and political time like competing for it. This is called rent seeking behavior. It's like if it, rent seeking kind of refers to the fact that so let's pretend I want to have an essay contest tomorrow. Like whoever can des- whoever can come up with like a a more efficient way to design a solar cell and submit it to me, I will give you $5,000. So then 10 million people spend 10 million hours doing it and they provide me with the plans to a solar cell that's going to make me billions and I give some asshole $10,000. You just did my work for me. I just crowdsourced all this labor, didn't have to pay a dollar for it and I'm going to make billions and I give you $10,000. You're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. I I guess the... the the simple way to say that or generalization would be like not contributing any type of economic capital to get out what is, is really a reasonable return on well, your investment. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Yeah. I mean, so so anyway, so, but, and, and there's one more thing I could give the left some credit for. I mean, here's the thing. When these companies do come to your city, originally they're going to bring in most of their own talent. You know, they're not going to like show up in New York, build a headquarters, but okay, who here uh, knows how to 
program or who, who's executive. But over time, they will they will source local talent, and they still have to provide all these extra jobs, all the support jobs. I was going to say the ancillary jobs. The ancillary that's, jobs. Yeah, that's that's the big thing, and, yeah. and that's the type of stuff that you know people will sit there and they'll argue and they'll say that you know oh most of these jobs were going to be like high paying uh, programming jobs and this that and the other. These aren't necessarily the types of jobs that are come going to come from the people or are, are going to be filled by the people that are from. Uh, AOC's borough, which first of all, bigotry of low expectations, but second of all, yeah, like, no, don't dis- the- don't discount the fact that there's going to be all these other jobs that are uh, are going to need to be filled. I guess, I guess there's one more thing too. Like obviously, when you bring in like a big company like that, they bring all the rich talent, and the neighborhood obviously gets gentrified. And things get a lot nicer, but then that leads to higher rents, and then people get marginalized and they have to leave. But to me, you know, that's not even a big deal to me because the Bronx is a dump. And like, if you want to make, if you want to have less violence and less poverty in the Bronx, then no shit, you have to bring in money, right? And people that are less likely to commit crimes, yeah. And so, and here's the thing though, too, is that like realistically, just in in terms of the tax abatement that they were going to give them, the three billion dollars. I mean, this is not something that magically manifests. Okay, itself. yeah, okay, I know what you're getting at. So, yeah, so a lot of liberal. So now we can get started to get into the critique. So, like. Ocasio Cortez said, "Like, well, why are we going to give him three billion dollars? I mean, that's money we could spend on our schools and on our public transportation. There wasn't a pot." New York City did not have a bag with $3 billion to say, hey, Amazon, I will give you this bag of money and you will build your facility here. No, they gave them incentives, which means you will not have to pay us $3 billion in uh, whatever it is, these right. the taxes or whatever it is. So now they have nothing. They don't have those jobs and there's no bag of money to invest. They still don't have any of this money to invest in all these public right. works and projects. And the worst part about it too is that they say the delta, like projected delta on the entire deal was something on the order of like $27 billion. So not only did you screw yourself out of the jobs, right? Just generally, but you also screwed yourself out of a twenty-seven billion dollar influx of revenue from from the taxes over whatever the I don't know. I'm not sure what the period was that they were. Covering. Yeah, of course. So I but, mean, it would have it would have been a long would have been a good long term investment. Yeah. Uh, that part. And, of the, and the, the thing is too is that look, you can be happy about it, but you can be subtle about it too. Because here's the thing is that a lot of your constituents don't necessarily feel the way you do, and so instead of fucking dunking on them and being like, "Hey, dunking. like, oh yeah, no, seriously," no, it's I mean, I like, just haven't heard that expression before. Yeah, so it's like instead of dunking on them and being like, "Oh, ha ha," you know, like we this is a battle for the everyman, and you know, we figured out how to push big business aside and you know show them you know what happens when you grassroots campaign like no 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 85 percent of the people in your district supported the move so what's the celebration here what not victory my, can you not play? only that but not in my backyard isn't a really big viable strategy like i don't want to know what you're against i want to know what you're for like what are you doing to better your just right. your constituents just turning down things for like ideological purposes and po- cheap political points like oh i stood up to the corporations you don't you've accomplished nothing right right exactly and so this is a, somebody made a really kind of cogent analogy they said that it's the equivalent of somebody coming into a pizza shop and being like i need 25 pizzas and the guy going uh you know behind the counter saying um okay i we, we can do that for you um you know we'll offer you uh, a free pizza uh yeah a free pizza or whatever and i think the guy said like oh i've got free these free i've got these yeah i've got this 10 dollar off coupon and then the person being like, oh, no, 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 we're not going to accept that. And he's like, okay, fine. I'll just leave and I'll take my money and I'll go buy pizza somewhere else. Yeah. And then the customer, I'm sorry, not the customer, but the the, um, the, pizza the counter, yeah, the counter yeah. guy walking back to the manager and being like, hey, I just saved us $10. No, motherfucker, <laughs> you lost us all that revenue that we could have got from the 25 pizzas less the $10 coupon. So, exactly. I mean, there's nothing to celebrate here. It's a loss. Well, this is what happens when people are like economically illiterate. So, I mean, and of course, I think she was legitimately celebrating because I think she's legitimately a, a moron. But Elizabeth Warren, I think, my is, is smarter than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, which isn't saying the bar very high, but the fact that she was willing to posture and pretend Well, like, law professor, former bartender. Not yeah. that there's any shame in that type of profession, but, I mean, Jesus Andrew, Christ. for the record on this podcast, Andrew Dady was a very profitable 
uh, bartender for many years. Hey man, don't 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 put me out there like that. The but tax man in, might come looking. Yeah, but now he's, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so no, for sure. I mean, and but the fact that like Elizabeth Warren was trying to pivot to the left already to set herself apart from the other candidates, and we'll come back to this later because we're going to talk about Bernie Sanders running for president later on. But uh, like she's really she's really put herself in a corner because if she thinks she's going to out left Bernie. Yeah. Position yourself in that race. I mean, it's going to be a race to the bottom. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a total misstep on her part. And really, you know, it, here's the thing, too, is that this she seems to f- like not realize when she's lost. You know, she'll sit there and she'll dig in. And this is something that like she shares in common with Trump. And it actually kind of I spent a solid two hours debating this particular topic online on Facebook with somebody who has just extreme left bias and after, um, God, what was it? After this whole news came out or whatever. Um, oh, you know what? Actually, this this is this conversation took place in a thread about Ilhan Omar being an anti-Semite. So well, I'm gonna about, I'm gonna I'm gonna table that for the moment. Well, literally, our next topic is Ilhan uh, Omar. Okay. So 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 here we go. I mean, guys, for those of you who don't know, Ilhan Omar is that um she's she's a well she's a representative a representative yeah, from House minnesota's Rep- fifth district yeah minnesota house of representative fifth district uh she wears a hijab so she's a hijabi um she's a somali refugee so, somali refugee who married her brother apparently we don't know that we don't that's know allegedly, that yeah, yeah, yeah. but i mean uh, look look there's enough evidence to suggest that it's the case but Mar- marrying your first cousin is quite common in the muslim world um but i'm but i'm I'm curious to find out if it's a brother. That's pretty fucking gross. Dude, so there's apparently... All right, let me just kind of back that up somewhat. I mean, like I said, I can't prove it, and I'm not necessarily interested in proving it, but there definitely is significant evidence to suggest uh, based off of a local Somali um, uh, chat board uh, that used to be up in her district where it was made clear, it was an open conversation that she had for immigration purposes, married her brother after having divorced her first husband, and after people started to ask questions about it, because obviously it this is paper, public domain. Was it just on paper she did that? Or like she legitimately married and was husband and wife with her brother? Yeah, because for the purposes of immigration fraud. Oh, just immigration fraud. Gotcha. Correct, yeah. And so um, I don't know if they ever lived as man and wife, if that's what you're asking. That's but, what I was wondering. I was okay, like, yeah, I'm not sure. Because that's what, when I saw when I saw this story developing like uh, a couple days ago, I was like, I'm not even going to look at this right now. I got to let the story mature because I don't sure. want to like, jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, there, yeah, there's a lot of, Let's just focus on what we know is true. Okay, but I, I wanted to qualify the remark enough. I made because that you know, yeah, otherwise you know, it seems like I'm yeah, just otherwise we'll be like, like Alex Jones, she's fucking a brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lizard, you know, interstellar child molesters. <laughs> I love that. Anyway. But, um, yeah. So, all right. So, any case, she's a. Uh, <laughs> it's a kind of a derailing comment. Um, okay. So, she, okay. Let's let's get be us back on track. I'm, I'm going to try to avoid that hominin at first, but I'm sure I'll slip up uh, very quickly. All right. So, she's a representative, um, and and she she's a. She's an American who who's Muslim, and she she's ostensibly practicing her faith. She wears uh, religious symbols in Congress, which is has been forbidden until this election. Yes, they had well, to change the rules. They changed so the she rules wear, for right. her and that other lady. What's her name? The other there's another uh, Rashida Tlaib. Yeah, she doesn't wear she she doesn't wear anything, but like it's just like it's well they 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 uh what is that? When oh yeah, they, they swore in, they swore in on a on, on a, a Quran. Quran. Yeah, so yeah, I, I find this whole thing to be farcical. Yeah, well, just ridiculous. Um, well, it's starting to make me think like we well, might be turning to Europe in this regard. Like, um, like even like the 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 Jews that are in Congress don't wear fucking yarmulkes to fuck to right. Congress. Even to avoid, even Lieberman, yeah. who was like a very religious Jewish guy, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't wear it to Congress because because his loyalty is to the state, not to his religion, because right. he is a public servant. And anyway, so so she did this horrible interview with Elliot Abrams, who right. was who was. 
Moses a pretty exactly. bad person in the past. I mean, if, you, if you're being honest about that, I mean, he definitely has some skeletons in his. I'm closet. not here to celebrate neoconservatives who like who like played fucking like four dimensional chess in Latin America throughout right. the 20th century. I mean, like, there's no doubt that that America played a hand uh, under the Monroe Doctrine trying to influence countries. Like now, sometimes we had success stories, but they were muddled. Like for example, we put a we put a dictator like Pinochet. Well, like when they were, when they elected a communist in fucking Chile, America immediately said, "Fuck that." We support the 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 the, the capitalist guy, and right. like and yes, he modernized the country. Now Chile is one of the richest countries in South America, but he also killed a fuck ton of people to build right. a better world. Yeah. and so yes, the things like that, and like tacit support of, of like fascists in Argentina, and like and of course uh, all the things like with the Sandinistas, the Iran Contra affair, all the stuff like in uh, yeah, which El, was his big claim to fame. El Salvador, Nicaragua. I mean, we 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 touched on this when we were talking about Venezuela last week, but the point is. So he's he's brought in the day after he got he got his job with Reagan under what was it the foreign see now I've been watching too much BBC because I want to say foreign secretary office I'm like that's not fucking, that's that's not that's that's the UK whatever the point is the State Department um the next day there was the Motose whatever massacre mm-hmm. in I want to say El Salvador. El Salvador okay so but he had nothing to do with that mm-hmm. um and she just kept doing this stupid line of questioning where harping she, on him yeah and she's like. Like, would you support killing innocent? Would you say that the question was, yeah. would you say that our uh, direct contribution to the massacre in El Salvador of the Matose people mm. was a great achievement? Like, how do you fucking answer that question? And he even said, she goes, what is our main goal? First is, of all, is like, it to help let's people? agree on the definition of what the massacre was, you know, first of all. I mean, not to say that there wasn't a massacre. I'm not denying it, but the point being that- Rebel like, forces slaughtered a fucking village in a country right. that nobody gives a shit about. Yeah, that's like how, how is that our responsibility? It's a civil war. Right. Yes, people, innocent people were killed. Right. I mean, So to ask if we if we consider that a great achievement, like what? Yeah, no. Anyway, like, so- like, I'm not, I'm not going to go out boldly and say something like, oh, you know, those weren't our guns or, you know, whatever it is. Like, obviously, we're, we're, we're the biggest arms exporters in, in the world. <laughs> but like, but we're, not, we're not responsible for people who pull triggers on their own people. USA. Yeah. USA. Well, it's like, you know, for example, like we sell like defense, defense contracts to Saudi Arabia and Israel. Like, we're not responsible if Saudi Arabia puts down a, re- a rebellion of Shias in the eastern province with weapons that we sell them. Like, right. The, yeah, the do contra- as you please. The contract says it's for national defense. Right. But they could say, oh, well, it's an insurrection, so we're practicing national defense. Like, look. The world is very complicated, but uh, my two things, I mean, the general reality is I think America is generally a force for good, and, and that's the most important thing to remember about any narrative. Like, I don't feel like we're the bad guys. Sure. And um, but anyway, so she just keeps grilling him, and it's just so stupid. She had the smug, stupid fucking look on her face, and she was smiling. And and, 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 and the, the, the most important thing to, to recognize here is that, like, she is reading her statement directly off of the paper in front of her. These are prepared remarks, probably yeah. by an aide. These are not her own feelings, or, yeah. or, or even in her own She doesn't understand. You think she knows voice. anything about El Salvador? Right, yeah, she calls him Mr. Adams. She says the yeah, she uh, Kortra, say right. the Iran Kortra. Yeah, she, 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 she says so many that words. You, are, you are bartoned. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah so yeah, she said Kortra because she didn't know the word Contra. And then what was the other one? She fucked, she fucked up his name. She, like, she said he was bartoned instead of pardoned. Pardoned, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just now like, that one could, doesn't even make sense because Somali speaks Somali and she speaks English fluently. Like in Arabic, this if she was fresh off the boat from the Middle East, this might have made sense with the Barton remark. Just because I'm a linguist, so I have to put this out there. There's no P in the Arabic alphabet, sure. so people substitute B's for it. But the whole point is she didn't know what the fuck she was reading, right? But she was celebrating the fact that like, oh, this is gonna be some great. Like, yeah, hot, I'm gonna dunk on. This him. is gonna be some hot left fucking yeah. hooks, and like, and he's not gonna know what to do with them. And no, he just he effortlessly deflected them, and. Yeah, so that was that was yeah. that was kind of one of the issues that I guess you could have with her. As People far don't as like her because she's also an anti. She's made 
very big, like even like as recent as two it's weeks ago. Pretty anti- apparent. Yeah, it's I mean, she apparent. makes anti-Semitic arguments. She said she, like she has statuses that say like may Allah, you know, get, awaken, awaken, the awaken, awaken the Ummah, which is the Muslim world, to get rid of the Jewish scourge. Like yes, like that. But, well, I mean, not in so many words though. <laughs> I mean, but, but essentially, it was it was a may Allah awaken the people to see to liberate the, the land to the the hold or the. What was it? The, the the way that Israel has hypnotized the world, or something yeah. to that effect. I mean, she's and she's she is on record as as being a pretty staunch supporter of the BDS movement, and then also um, she has. I wonder would she support BDS against Somalia, a country that literally is a failed state and doesn't have human rights at all? Well, yeah, no, exactly, no, they're all hypocrites. But yeah, so um, so 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 there's there's that remark. Um, there was a remark about how she says like, oh, it's sad that you know um, she knows Muslims that uh, celebrate Christmas. Um, she when she was still local on the local scene, she had a meeting with a a bunch of Israeli um, uh, leaders, Jewish leaders. I don't know if they're specifically Israeli. I misspoke there, but um, you know that they were saying like, look, we've we've found your remarks in the past to have been you know slightly on the line here. You know, we need to have a discussion about how you represent you know your views in a way that doesn't. These and these guys are like Incite hard hatred. leftists too. Yeah, mm. I mean they don't. They're like, look, we don't want you to come off as being an anti-Semite because we agree with the remarks that you're making, but just not in the in the voice that you're making them. And they won't say exactly what the conversation, you know, how it went, but one of the gentlemen who's actually speaking on it is, and a well-respected elder in the community said, like, you know, we came away very troubled. Like, I mean, she she her views are are are. Mm, dubious at best in terms of... Well, she obviously of, grew up in the community and she's been brainwashed and she yeah, a lot of ridiculous shit. And so, you know, the the what I just to tie this back to what I was saying earlier is that I had a long debate with um, some individuals on Facebook uh, just about how to view these types of situations because these are people that are, you know, very quick to castigate Trump for every stupid remark, uninformed remark that he makes, you know, and say like, oh, he's a racist. But... You know they'll sit there and they'll 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 fly air cover for an obvious anti-Semitic comment. I mean the the one that we're yeah. specifically referencing here is her comments on APAC controlling um, the the viewpoint of uh, Americans over is uh, Israel's government. And when um, you know asked about you know what she meant by her comments. Um, she basically said it's all about the Benjamins, which is like an age-old trope. Obviously, like the Jewish shekels control the world. You know that kind of thing. So, yeah. I mean. You know, she apologized, and she basically said, like, look, you know, I'm sorry that this language was triggering, blah, 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 but, you know, and then, of course, it's like, you know, APAC, the NRA, the this, the that, the other, point to all the usual suspects and say, like, they control, you know, the discourse on these types of topics, and that's not acceptable. And, I mean, realistically, any apology that follows or that precedes a but and a clause after it, that's not an apology. And mm. everybody did yeoman's work trying to defend Alex, her. Alex, to, apologize to your brother. I'm sorry that Steven's such a bitch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, but so seriously, so it's like, how can you expect that anybody's going to be able to believe your apology if you double down in the next clause? And that that's the major problem that I have with her is because... I'm probably with her because I believe she's possibly an Islamist. Oh, I I, okay, like, fair like, enough. I'm, I'm going to put, uh, to be honest, I don't believe she has quote-unquote American values based on her statements and, like, her positions. Well, I mean, it's, you could say the same about this Rashida Tlaib, but she's been a little bit smarter about how to 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 at least have the veneer of, you know, like a, an American um, perspective on, on the economy and also just generally our cultural values. Some of my best friends are far-left Marxists and have really strikingly interesting views on the world, but there's no doubt in my mind that they want to live 
in peace and like cooperation with their fellow Americans who disagree with them. Right. I'm not sure anyone who calls on God to awaken the people of their shared uh, assigned group to go wage what is ostensibly jihad yeah. on another group of people who they've historically had nothing but but bad intentions with yeah. as like as a as a responsible actor. Yeah, and I mean, and, and look, if that's not enough to really kind of drive the point home, I mean, I it was not a week later after this whole you know um, brouhaha that she was scheduled to speak uh, alongside. I can't remember exactly what his name is. It's like Youssef something or other. Who is I? He's a uh, He's on the board of CARE, California. Yeah, CARE sucks. Yeah, and mm. and also that he is a... Um, no, CARE is the coalition he, of I mean, American he's been known Islamic. to make statements that are just broadly in defense of, like, organizations like uh, Hamas and, and Hezbollah and, you know, just really organizations that... Care, care, CARE is an extension of the Muslim Brotherhood. That's been well established. And Muslim Brotherhood is a terrorist organization as designated not just by America, but by Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I mean, also, that, doesn't the SPLC have something to say about them, too? I don't know. Not that... You know they're worth the salt, but I don't want to talk on my ass. I don't know. Maybe okay. I wouldn't I be surprised. I mean, but anyway. So the point is, she's. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, her career is going to be interesting, just like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. I mean, just a lot of saying really dumb shit. But um, but the difference is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Let me put it clearly: Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is not a leftist in the same way Bernie Sanders is a leftist. Bernie Sanders actually reads books and has been in the movement <laughs> a long time and has yeah. and has real chops. I mean, the pictures of him. Like while while Hillary Clinton was was like was like supporting like like uh like pro segregation candidates like Bernie Sanders was getting arrested for for being in sit sit outs like yep. he actually has a moral compass and knows what he believes now I think he's misguided I don't think America should want to be like Denmark right but 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 he's more or less pretty reasonable and like even as a Jewish person like he says like yes I mean I I, I was a Zionist when I was a kid but that meant something different back then to me right. like I don't. And I, I have misgivings about the Israeli government's relation with, with its neighbors. Like, he has his dissenting points of view, but he's not some fucking... Um, the point is, he's, he's informed enough, even if he's mis- rightfully mistaken. Like, sure. I disagree with his economic plans, but, but I don't deny the fact that, the, that they are based in, like, in like a, a reasonably founded like, ideology and a, a viewpoint. Like, right. He wants to help the poor. Yeah, and you, I mean, you could also say, like, the big thing, too, is that, like, and this is uh, some of the criticism that I get, and, you know, I, I'm called a Trump apologist just because I'm trying to look at things through an impartial lens. You have people, to be a Trump apologist when everyone insults him all the time for things he doesn't even do. Right, and so, yeah, but, I mean, that's a whole <laughs> different story. I'm just saying, so, yeah. so the big thing, though, is as far as Bernie's is that, uh, Bernie goes is that, you know, they'll constantly say about Trump is that he's a bad faith actor. You know, he doesn't earnestly represent, you know, his constituents. Or they say that, worse you know, than that. They say, of, they say even worse. They say, like, he's a racist, he's a sex. I'm like, that's not... I don't even know if that's relevant to that's an unprovable statement. Right. How are you going to prove he's racist? Has he ever propo- proposed any race policies? Quite the opposite. He's proposed yeah. to do uh, a fucking uh, a jud- judicial ju- judicial uh, reform. Right. Yeah, justice, and it, justice reform. And, you know, the thing about it, too, is that, like, you know, the I guess the counterpoint to that would be that you point to a lot of his statements taken out of context in, you know, past instances, maybe 10, 20 years ago, where I think that he's just unpolished. And, you know, he never thought that he was going to have to be a politician. He's I mean, not he a politician. Was, he says, right. I love the blacks. Yeah, he's a, right. Exactly. He's He was just kind of like chopping it up where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, he spoke in front of a, a Jewish coalition and basically said, oh, you guys are going to hate me because I don't need your money. You know, yeah. and so it's like, <laughs> OK, like, you know, I get it. But that seems to me like he's doing it for laughs. But, but I'm laughing too because I think it's a clever because I think it's a clever joke especially as a Jew right (laughs) yeah and so this is you know these are just not they're not the same coin two sides of the same coin so uh, so, but just to tie it back to Bernie Sanders I mean you know Trump always gets accused of being a bad faith actor and you could never say that about Bernie Sanders you could never say that Bernie Sanders does not represent his views as they are as he holds he's the real deal right okay and this is start stands in stark contrast even from what we know now about AOC 
she'll sit there and she'll attack the media in the same way as Trump does. She'll say that, oh, you know, you guys would never criticize uh, another politician. It was uh, a white male. A fem- right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Another female politician who just misspeaks. You know, it's like, it's better to be morally right than factually correct. Yeah, She's always she trying to, that, like, yeah. defend her positions that are just indefensible. And it's it's only because of her own stupidity. It's the- like, stop digging. Stop digging. Yeah. Oof. I'm good. Well, we, let's 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 just move forward. Freaking um. So, I want to move on to the next story, which is about. So we've almost completely destroyed. Well, we didn't talk about though the fact that Bernie Sanders. We didn't talk about the fact that Bernie Sanders is actually running for president. Should we just jump into? Let's just jump into Bernie Sanders because yeah. we, we have we have these topics written down. But but let's just jump into Bernie Sanders because we're already talking about him anyway. Exactly. So yeah, Bernie Sanders announced that he's running for president today. Um, obviously to some great fanfare from uh, people. And rightfully deserved. I mean, I, like realistically, like he should have the- he should have been the primary. Uh, he should have won the primaries in 20, 20, uh, 2016. That was just taken from him by the DNC and Debbie Wasserman Schultz and all these big fucking corporate assholes in the Democratic Party and their yeah. rigged primary system with super delegates. Yeah, absolutely. And you know that the, the I, I I'm not afraid to admit that realistically we'd probably have a President Sanders if that was the case. Oh, had it been the Bernie country- versus Trump? Yeah, people wanted people wanted populism, and um, and that's why Trump was able to blow through the Republican Party because they were offering the status quo the status quo which is more or less like same policy the same 25 years of post cold war policy low like energy the, jeb you can call it neo, i don't want to use neoconservatism because that, that refers more to like the the military policy but it's called the neoliberal consensus and this is an attack on liberals neoliberal doesn't have anything to do with like contemporary liberalism it has to do with like like um like liberal ideology like uh if we just give everyone democracy every, every if we give everyone democracy and capitalism the world will solve all its problems which of course is not true. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> obvious, obvious externalities there. Yeah, so, well, yeah, the neoliberal consensus of the, it's, it's such a shame too, the Cold War ended and like five years later we had the internet and they just turned the whole world upside down. So none of these policies that were made in the Washington consensus in the early 90s are useful today because yeah. we live in a completely different world with cell phones, the internet, and everything that goes along with it and social media. So anyway, so yeah, Trump blew through the, obviously the Republican nomination and then he just bulldozed one person after another. But Bernie Sanders was doing amazing. I mean, like, he was much more likable than Hillary, but more importantly, he was an actual like if you if you if you're an actual leftist or liberal and you actually want one of the problems in America is that like it's true like on a social social like ideological level the Democrats are pretty whack. I mean when they p- promote all this like this transgender nonsense, this anti-white male right. uh, like uh, intersectionality agenda, but other than that, they're very like much like normal people. You know, they they want the same. They, they're the same. They're big government. They love fucking the war on drugs. They love they love invasions. They love all this crap. And so they're they're very much status quo. Like the left wing and the right wing, uh, historically over the last twenty five years, has been two sides of the. Both of those wings are on the same bird. Is sure. what I'm trying to get at. And um, but but Bernie Sanders wasn't like that. Bernie Sanders comes out. He's been saying for forty years, and he's been a laughing stock. So I'm I'm a democratic socialist, and he would keep trying to explain it over and over again what that means. And, and more or less, what he wants is he wants Scandinavia in America. Now, of course, he gets into trouble because he said dumb shit in the past about Cuba and Venezuela being like massive victories sure. for the workers' movement. And I obviously find it to be ridiculous, like. Workers that don't have food are not celebrating the fact that they destroyed the bourgeoisie. <laughs> right. And so, but other than that, I mean, the point is he's the real deal. I mean, he's, he's always been fighting, fighting his good fight. Sure. And I find him to be a, re- I find him to be a reasonable actor. Uh, get, now, of course, I think his viewpoints are far more outside the Overton window in American politics than one would expect from even 10 to 15 years ago. Oh, yeah. And the majority of the population is not on board with them. Except so- for millennials. Yeah, but I, not in great numbers. I, I think that this is the most conservative generation of 
the age that's, group. That's, that's Gen. That's Gen Z. Millennials right oh, above them. Fair enough. Sorry. No, yeah, so yeah, I know we Sorry. have to split these now because we're getting that old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> millennials. Uh, I mean, like the Alexander Ocasio Cortez. I mean, you got these people got really fucked by like economic headwinds and bad decisions that have, have occurred throughout their childhood and, right. and now their adult lives. That they're very like receptive to an ideology that says, "Oh no, it's not your fault. The problem is capitalism. Yeah, the problem sure. is all this shit. Well, and, like, victimhood. Yeah, yeah victim culture. Right. So it's true. Gen Z is much like uh, people like ten years." Like I'm 30 years old. People that are like 18 mm-hmm. or even like 21 are, are far more conservative than millennials. Right. But, but but we'll have to see what happens. But yeah, so yeah, Bernie Sanders running for president, and like uh, I think this is gonna have a big impact on the field because now everyone's shitting the bed. People like Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, as far as I'm concerned, they're completely out. It's literally yeah. even Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders fucking primary. Yeah, I mean, I, well, Kamala Harris is going nowhere fast. I mean, she is a smoking form- weed, listening to Tupac five years before he comes out. Yeah, exactly, and she's a former prosecutor, you know, uh, former AG. You know, the, she basically she, she has she, it's the fellow kids meme. She you know, hello of, fellow kids. The what yeah. is that one with? Uh, is it Steve Buscemi or whatever? Yeah, she destroyed hundreds of thousands of people's lives. Yeah, exactly. And so, and you're not gonna like make amends just by like having some progressive policy right, ideas. And a bullshit now. book that lies about what you did for the yeah. first twenty years. I think, and I think we got on her pretty good, or maybe that was before the podcast started. But, before. but yeah, I mean, she basically like the only way that she even. Uh, got some traction in in California politics is because she was betting, you know, some married man who was the kingmaker there, and and you know mm-hmm. he openly admits it now, and um, you know everybody kind of just like what again cool flies guy. air cover for, so you know she's out. Cory Booker is a total fucking outcast. I mean, even in his own state, I think it's something like forty two percent of those polled, a plurality of people polled, say that he would not make a good president. I mean, if you can't win your own state, you're gonna have a problem. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole thing, too. You got people that can't win, like, local elections who then, oh, the, you know, like, even, like, um, what's his name? Like, Beto O'Rourke, you know, people, p- these people think they're going to run for president. Like, you couldn't even get elected as a fucking senator. Yeah, or, and, well, like, and that's the thing, too, is that, I mean, that's that's a serious problem for Bernie Sanders is that, like, you have someone like Beto O'Rourke who's definitely going to split the millennial vote with him. Not for the same reason, you know, I mean, they're obviously not necessarily ideological. We'll see how long they, no, they're not ideological. But... It, it's not going to make a difference. Well, yeah, I really do think it's going to be Bernie Sanders. There are still so many people that are so ecstatic about Bernie Sanders because at the end of the day, he is authentic. And um, that's what people really want. Right. Yeah, people absolutely. want politics. People got tired of... It used to be 100 years ago, your politician spoke the way you did. He cursed. He used epithets. He, um, You could get a meeting at the White House by asking for one. Like the, the, They're much closer to the people. And then over a hundred years, that slowly changed until they became like almost like gods. Like they were celebrities. The fact that like politicians are celebrities in our country, like this is fucked up. Like I don't like it. If you go to Russia and you see like and you see like people like with like Putin is like apparel. Like there's Putin apparel. Like uh, like shirts with him on it. Everybody like people. The point is, I don't like the idea of like uh, the commercialization of, of of the presidency or the legislative branch. Sure, it, it's. Yeah, it's not conducive to, to to good policy. It's not what you want. I mean, the, these people are not better than you. They're supposed to be your fucking servants. Exactly. And, um, well, you look at the way they treat Obama. I mean, like Obama is like the biggest celebrity president that we've ever had. I mean, it, you know, it, yeah. look and, and a credit to him and his team. Yeah. You know, a credit to him and his team and having the you know realizing the power of social media before I think others really did, and being able to captivate audiences that way. Um, not to mention he's just cool, man. He's a black president. You know, he plays basketball. I would have all that no stuff. problem having a beer with. And the, the truth is, like, actually, historically. All the Republican presidents I wanted to have beers with died 40 years ago. Like all the Democrats, yeah, these, I do. I would love to have a beer with Bill Clinton and fucking Barack Obama. Who wouldn't? And I would have to. I would want to have yeah. a substantive conversation with them about why they did the things they did and see if I could understand them better sure. in their own words. But um, 
Yeah, but that's not the, the majority of the voting public. Yeah, and also that's just not why you should elect a president. I mean, like, it's like anyone who voted for Trump because they wanted to have a beer with him, he doesn't drink. Yeah. <laughs> His brother died of alcoholism or whatever. So anyway, so the point is um, I think it's really going to be an interesting election. I think it'd be smart if Bernie and Elizabeth came to some sort of like agreement. Like when you're playing poker and you say, if we're the last two people at the table, chop it. let's chop it. Let's like, I'll yep. make you my VP, that kind of shit. But, but if, because maybe if even Hillary had done that, it would have helped her a little bit because then the Bernie people wouldn't have stayed at home. Or, or switch to Trump. But uh, but yeah, no, it's total, total, we'll see what happens. I don't see Elizabeth Warren playing ball like that. I think she thinks she could take it for herself and she's not going to. Well, she just, obviously, I mean, she has no, like, sense of self. I mean, like, she, or I'm sorry, that's not the right phrase for it. What's a, a what, what am I looking for? The the phrase, like, uh, no introspection, right? No level of yeah, introspection. Yeah, self-awareness, self-awareness. Thank you, that's the word I was looking for. You know, because, I mean, like, you look she at how she's Trump, a Native American. Yeah, well, Trump was able to, <laughs> exactly, essentially, like, convince her that she needed to take a, uh, a a blood test to be able to to prove her bona fides and, and as Native keep, American. Yeah, and she took that bait too. And, and not only that did she take the bait, she she wouldn't she didn't know when to stand down. Like obviously like the, the public Indians was told her you're not part of our fucking tribe and she apologized because you're right, yeah. I'm not part of the tribe. But that won't stop her from continuing to say that she is an oppressed minority. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know the funny thing about that too is that even in her like, you know, um, her mea culpa, you know, she said, you're right, you know, it was wrong to claim that I was a Cherokee, but I still never used it to get ahead. And then they find her fucking Texas bar card and yeah. right there in her handwriting with her signature on the card says Native, Native American. Am- yeah, of course. Under the- and so it's like, you're done. You're done. How do you recover from that? I mean, any any reasonable thinking person sees that type of duplicity. I mean, I, I don't see how you Again, this is a problem, like, you know, if we want to take a further step back, if I want to be very charitable, like, you know, the problem is even Elizabeth Warren. It's the fact that, I mean, even on my mortgage, my college applications, all this stuff like, what is my ethnicity? What is my race? What the fuck does it matter? Yeah. Like, there shouldn't even be fucking names yeah. on fucking college applications. It should just be, here's the fucking shit. Yeah, well, it should be like a blue book, you know? Like, it should, it should this be, person seems I want to live in a meritocracy. I want to live in a meritocracy. Right. You know, so. Yeah, but anyway. not even Harvard upholds those types of standards No, anymore. no, Harvard's the worst. The Ivy League's the worst because they actually have quotas. Right. So, it's, it's completely fucking ridiculous. Okay, whatever. Let's let's move on. Uh, we'll, we'll keep up. Obviously, we're, we're 18 months, whatever, how many months are we? Are, like, we're a shit ton of months out. <laughs> we're, <laughs> Several months. <laughs> we're, we're less than two years away, which is still a fucked, which is still more than one year away from, from, we're a year away from the primaries. The point is we got plenty of time to, uh, Talk shit about Kansas. Yeah, I mean, it'll be great, too, to thin the herd a little bit. I mean, you look at, like, some of the people that are already falling far behind. I know that uh, Kirsten Gillibrand, who is the waffling senator from New York, who doesn't know or fucking— Exactly, exactly, yeah. And she uh, is—she's further behind in any any poll you find than I think it was, like, the fucking mayor of some fucking town in Ohio. I'm just excited for the first debate. I always enjoy the debates. Even though American debates are kind of a joke, I still enjoy seeing all these fucking asshats up there posturing. And it's really fun to see, like... Oh, and just to tidy something up, yeah. sorry to cut you off, yeah. but to tidy something up from the the last podcast is it was Howard Schultz that is the former CEO and uh, whatever of Starbucks. And at first we said, Char- or I said, Charles Schultz. I couldn't remember. I Then I even said, oh, wait, no, I think that's the Peanuts guy, the yeah. creator of Peanuts. Well, I knew his last name was Schultz, and that's yeah. what mattered. Fuck well, me. I just was saying, though, I wanted to clean that up. You'll we, know, we, we you'll know, know I don't know that. You'll know when I don't know the first name of someone on this podcast because I will refer to him by just their last name or I'll say Mr. Schultz because <laughs> I, I don't know their fucking name. And you know, fuck it. What's in a name anyway, right? Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> anyway. a rose by any other name. <laughs> oh, f- fuck this. I mean, uh, so why are we labeling people? Why yeah. do people need names? I mean, <laughs> yeah, we didn't want to like highlight his whiteness by uh, calling him Howard. Jesus, Howie. Okay, so okay, next one I want to talk about is um, so the U- the U.S. government and our coalition has almost completely eradicated ISIS. They're left to one seven hundred square meter or s- square feet, I think seven hundred square feet of one city 
Um, the last castle. In Central, yeah, the last castle, more or less. I mean, they're just totally fucked. Now, of course, do I think there's going to be more terrorist organizations in the future and there still exists money more now? Of course. But the point is, ISIS is almost gone, and that's something to be at least happy about, even for just a moment of having drinks. Sure. Um, and so now we have these people that have been trying to come home now, um, the fighters and their families and, their, and the people that defected from our countries to join them and marry these fighters and stuff like that. And so that brings up who I want to talk about. Her name is Shamima Begum. And um, yeah, well maybe she's or maybe she's in the city. Yeah, yeah. Shamia Begum. She's in Baghu, Syria, and um, she was one of the three girls. This is, a, this is a hot story at the time. Three young girls left in the middle of the night, flew to fucking Turkey, then crossed into Syria to marry ISIS fighters and to join the caliphate, which they thought was gonna be great. One of the girls died. Another one is unknown. And then this one, like she gave birth to two to two. Two kids, they died, obviously, because a uh, war zone is a horrible place. And, uh, Islamic Caliphate is a terrible place to raise a child. There was no medicine. Uh, I guess they didn't plan for that in the um, in their grand scheme. This wasn't in the bylaws. Yeah, this was, yeah. so, yeah, the Quran didn't tell us anything about how to, like, uh, you know, allocate health care. And so, so yeah, that, that, that fucking happened. Now she's got her third baby, and her, her husband's been captured, and who was a Dutch convert mm. who... You know, who converted to Islam and then so went to So, wait a minute. So, she defected over there. She didn't even find, uh, like, a member of the caliphate that wasn't... Well, a, she married another immigrant, European. someone she could communicate yeah. with, someone who spoke English. <laughs> Lovely. So, you know, the Dutch people obviously have very high English fluency. So anyway. so It's just she, erotic, though. Yeah. So now she wants to come back. And of course, you know, people are like, fuck this bitch. I mean, like, she's a fucking enemy of the state. Um, you know, granted, she didn't pick up a rifle and shoot anybody, but she went there to, she betrayed her country, violated the law, which says you can't go join a terrorist organization. And um, and she supported She aided and abetted the enemy. Um, luckily, uh People are getting their their passports, uh, uh, what are, their citizenship revoked by their respective governments. She's a British sub. For the record, she's a British subject. Um, and yeah, she wants to come home, and she's making this case, and like the media is trying to be sympathetic. Oh, look at this poor girl who who look at her heartbreaking story. She lost two kids, and she wants to come home. We should do something to help her. I'm like, no, we shouldn't. Right. Fuck her. Yeah. She left, and the and the the, the only like um, legislative like loophole that's going on is the governments have the right to to get rid of your passport. But they're not allowed to make you stateless. But the UK's uh, defense was that we believe that she has, because she's of Bangladeshi descent, and anyone who has a Bangladeshi grandparent is entitled to a Bangladeshi passport, she's not stateless. If she wants, she can go to Bangladesh. Interesting. Okay. And yeah. so, but anyway, in like the head of the foreign office, he's a he's a, a British guy who's Muslim of Javid. Can't remember his name, but anyway, yeah, he said like, no, we're not trying to help her come home. If she, and if she does, she wants to come home. She can come home by herself. And when she gets here, we'll fucking arrest her. I'm like, and I thought that was fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I you look no quarter for people who are you know consider themselves to be the, the worst part is in allegiance has, with those enemies of our state. I gotta look up some. I got some of her quotes on my on my phone. I mean, the thing, the whole thing is that she's not even remorseful. Like she still believes in the dream. Like, this person is is totally radicalized. Let me, okay, here you go. So let's look at some of her stuff. And you know, while he's looking that up, I mean, we have a similar thing going on in the U.S. right now. We have uh, I her name is uh, Hoda Motana. Or Muthana, Muthana, I don't know. I'm not, don't ask me to pronounce that name. But in any case, um, you know, this is the same kind of situation. Um, you know, she's trying to come back to the United States now after having gone overseas to support the caliphate. Uh, she has had two different uh, IS fighter husbands, one of whom was either killed or captured. And then the second one, I'm not sure what the story is, but she has a child by one of them. And uh, now that the caliphate's essentially defeated, dissolved, uh, she wants to come back to the U.S., and of course, like the State Department has said, you know, no, but because it's the Trump State Department, 
um, you know, every major media organization wants to do a puff piece about her and say, what a terrible, terrible story. I mean, isn't it heart wrenching? I mean, should we make an exception? And the, the answer is unequivocally no. Yeah, of course. Look, no. Now, am I saddened that a young person threw away their life to join a terrorist organization that they were, they were raised so poorly? And that even if they were raised well, because you can be radicalized on an individual level, that, that, that you... That you got, you were susceptible to stupid beliefs, and you went over there and you and you committed. Everybody's young. Agree. I mean, we get it. People do dumb stuff, but like, but like you, you did, you did something that can't really be forgiven. I mean, you yeah. are an enemy of the state. Yeah, yeah. There, there <laughs> are borders, and you know, there are rules. It's, and, tre it's yeah. treason. I yeah. mean, this, the, people were executed on I the can, White House lawn I for things of this look, nature. If my son blows up a bill, blows up a post office and kills a bunch of innocent people because he gets, fuck religion. He becomes he's a he becomes like a radicalized like anarchist or something like that. Like I can love him because he's my son, but he's a traitor, and I think he should hang. You yeah, know, that's that's all I can do because because it's not fair to everyone else's children that he killed. Like yeah. I have to pay my price too. Right. You know, and and that's the way it goes. She's, so these these girls are fucking traitors and they're idiots and they deserve to that. They're they're going to face whatever consequences that that are merited by their. A lot doles out for them. Yeah, I mean that's it. Yeah, let God sort them out. Yeah, exactly. Seriously. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just uh, terrible. I was It made me think of, uh, what was the name of that? Uh, Sorry, here are the quotes real quick. Oh, go ahead. Here are some of the quotes. Um, Killing women and children is retaliation. It's justified because women and children got killed in Syria, too, from, from the bombings of ISIS territory. No shit. You stole the territory. You declared war on the world, and the war responded back to your terrorism and fucking and attacked you and then and then and then and carpet bombed your fucking city like you can't compare killing enemy combatants and their and people that aid and abet them and abet them and, and then make that collateral damage for like the innocent people that get killed like in the manchester bombing and stuff like right, that. right right exactly she, yeah so it, it, it's, it's total crap i mean i don't know fuck her piece of shit <laughs> I, I mean I, there's really we can't we just really to, can't, just to put a nice bow on in that. 2019 we, we can't afford i'm so tired of not being able to just speak honest truths i mean Terrorists and traitors are enemies of the state, and they deserve to be shot. Now, of course, there are there are alternatives. There's exile. We can't do that. We don't have that in our justice system. This is, we don't have Bastoy Island like Norway, where they take all their serial killers and put them on this frozen island in the Arctic, and oh, they say yep, yep. you can all live together in peace and harmony. Right. And it actually does work. They take these serial killers who just they're sociopaths. They really can't function in society. Yeah. But when you put them on a five acres of land and tell them like like farm ice, out. farm ice for the rest of their life yeah. they actually do just fine sure and that's fine but but this is a very different thing we're not talking about psychopaths we're talking about rational people who say well i believe in god i believe i need to wage jihad on the infidel and i'm going to go fucking kill as many innocent people as i can and support the caliphate they have de-radicalization um camps in saudi arabia when they arrest terrorists the, the ones that they don't kill on site and they have mixed success but but my personal belief when it comes to like i think capital punishment uh doesn't work for things like uh for, for most things like murder and stuff because one I don't want to kill the reason I don't support capital punishment as like a, in the American justice system with respect to killing even like egregious offenders like murders is because I believe the standard for convicting people in America is actually too low sure I think it should be much higher because we do kill innocent people we do lock up Absolutely. innocent people for 20 years of time. time and it's, so it's not acceptable to me and it doesn't actually show like that it brings down the murder rate now but when it comes to punishing people that we know Without a shadow of a doubt, they post, say, I'm a fucking terrorist. Yeah. I'm moving to terrorist right. land to support terrorism. Yeah. Okay, well, you are dead to fucking rights. And yeah. Like, yeah, well, because, I mean, there's something to be said for those types of, like, violent crimes that are done in passion, you know, second degree, or, or even some first degree crimes that aren't necessarily done out of a uh, moralistic or an ideological bent. It's yeah, just can, that, I, like, I, oh, I, you know, I, this guy fucked up. He, he wronged me, so I killed him. Yeah, you know, yeah okay. If, maybe I came, we can, if I came home tonight and I was of a weak disposition and I came home and Andrew was fucking my wife, 
and then and then I don't know humiliated me, jerked off in my face, whatever it is, something crazy. And then he gets away with it for whatever legal reason. And then I slowly plotted his murder over the next five years. And I finally like chopped him to death in front of his family, even when he's a changed man. Like, like, yeah, it's first degree murder, but I'm only a threat to Andrew. Right. You know, exactly. so, yeah. And so the question is like, um, you know, I don't think I should get off on pleading insanity, but I think like I could be, I could be locked up for, for the crimes I committed. You know, I don't know. The point is like, like first degree murder is very different from uh from terrorism well yeah i was going to say that, that i mean that's the whole point that i was going to make is that i mean i think when you're you're talking about these are these are deeply held convictions by people that are not like irrational in how they come to them i mean they made a decision they're not they, psychos. right exactly they lived that lifestyle they decided that they were going to publicly disseminate information that would convince others of their convictions and there's no reason to take them not or to not take them at their face and say this is what you believe in Sam Harris Sam demonstrate Harris, how you changed. Sam you Harris know, said in the free you can't the, do it. Sam Harris in the free will book said, um, "Why does it matter what people's motives are? Because it tells you what they're going to do next." Yeah, you know. Yeah. So if I tell you I killed somebody yesterday, and you immediately judge me, you might come to the wrong conclusion. But I say, "Oh, I killed someone yesterday because he broke into my house and he tried to kill my family." And I go, "Oh, never mind. Alex isn't a murderer." He acted in self-defense. He's a normal human being. Like if someone told me, for example, the guy who killed... Actually, I want to talk about that because it's amazing. I don't think we mentioned it last time. The guy who killed the mountain lion was bare fucking oh, what hands. what a badass. What an Honestly, awesome... Oh, my the God. The set of balls on that guy. He, he can marry my daughter. I mean, <laughs> goddamn. I mean, the point is, like, this guy was jogging somewhere in Colorado. A mountain lion jumped him. They wrestled, and he eventually suffocated it and then, you know, escaped with his injuries and, and, then, and then whatever. The story all became known, and it was confirmed and everything. If I told you yesterday, oh, I killed an endangered species, you'd be like, you're a fucking monster. Asshole, yeah, but, exactly. But if What's you, wrong but with I said, you? no, the mountain lion attacked me and I fought for my life. You'd be like, right. you're the coolest guy in the world. <laughs> so it really doesn't matter, like, the context. Like, if I, you know, so, and that's, what, that's why, the, why the motives matter. And that's why, it's a, even though both a, a, a terrorist and a first-degree murderer kill somebody, the difference is the first-degree murderer isn't going to kill another person ostensibly unless he plots, unless he's a serial killer and he plots right. murder after murder exactly. and he's a psychopath. If this is part of his motivation. Yeah, versus like a terrorist who's like, oh no, no, I'm here to, to kill infidels. Yeah. I'm not going to stop till I kill them all. Right, exactly. Beliefs influence action. There's no, there's no evidence to suggest specific otherwise. Specific beliefs have specific consequences. Sure, absolutely. Yep. Okay. Um, was Trump, that all you wanted to say about the the the, 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 the guy who killed the I mountain? Mean, I mean, I could talk about him for fucking hours. I mean, he's so cool. I mean, <laughs> what a bad so I was at this party over the weekend, and like at one point, there was kind of like people were just kind of there was noise, like people were talking. There was like thirty people on a patio hanging out for a friend's birthday, and then at one point, I just you know, I was like five beers in. I said, "Is anybody gonna talk about the guy who killed the mountain lion?" And like I just yelled it out like that, and, everybody, and then everyone, yeah, like, everybody, and like it like, really was a great like catalyst for conversation for fifteen minutes of people just like, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like. The guy, the guy's a hero. No, I mean, look, I, look, I'm glad he's alive. I'm glad he gets to live to uh, to run another day. Yeah. And look, you should. I don't know if I want to be like giving like fucking basic advice because I don't fucking run. But this is why you're supposed to. Um, if you're gonna run in the middle of the wilderness, you know, you're gonna want to carry some sort of weapon some sort of weapon to protect defense. yourself. A, yeah, a knife would have sure. helped him a lot. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying go jogging with a sidearm. Apparently, he was like a. Uh, jujitsu practitioner and that's part yeah. of why he was able to remain calm and, and kind of like control the situation and yeah. so he, he sacrificed his hand and just realized he had, how he to had get one position. good piece of advice he had two he said one protect your face yeah and the second one was um never jog with earbuds because he goes i heard the the twigs snapping behind me and i turned yeah. around and i saw it and we were 10 feet apart from each other and i tried to scare it away but then eventually charged me but if i hadn't it would just jump me grab me by my neck i wouldn't have been, been it it yeah, would have exactly. been done immediately right so I guess there's something there. Um, 
Anyway, so yeah, I can move on from him. Uh, the okay. Tr- the Trump uh, declaration of an emer- emergency for Ooh. purposes of funding the wall. Juicy red meat. Yeah, so I mean, I think we may, I don't know if we'll disagree on this, but I'm, I'm going to say what I think first. Um, I don't think he should have declared an uh, emergency because one, I think that opens up the future for if Democrats want to declare an emergency, say like, oh, we got a lot of gun fights in this country. I'm going to declare an emergency and like confiscate weapons or do whatever whatever kind of ridiculous thing they want to do. Or, I, you know, also like it looks hypocritical because the Republicans are silent on his decoration. Most of them are silent yes. on his decoration yeah. for emergency. Like, like they talk mad shit about Obama being an imperial, imperialist president, and yet, uh, and like, and then they're being silent on this. Um, my my last thing, I guess I would say is, look, it's not a real emergency. The problem is like how you parse legal legalese. Like an emergency is supposed to be. Like a clear and present danger. Sure. The question is, is there a clear and present danger at the border? And then that's open to like... Yeah, how definitional you fucking yeah. kung so, fu. So what do, you, what do you think about this declaration of emergency? Okay, so several things. First, I agree with you. I don't think he should have declared a state of emergency or national emergency over this because I think that, you know, this is just him at this point now grasping for straws. You know, he basically, he had a deal on the table that he could have mm-hmm. signed. It wasn't the deal that he wanted. He decided that he wanted to prove how good of a negotiator was. He ended up with a worse deal on the table. And of course, now he feels like he can't, you know, sacrifice the capital and actually shut down the government again. So he's going to do what he wants to do, basically. And he's going to, you know, uh, seek retribution and just declare that well, he's- the nuclear option. the last right, option. Right, exactly. And, you know, which- it's it is a bad move because it does uh it as far as far as the slippery slope goes what's to stop uh you know a democratic um president from doing it on gun violence like or you a said, worse republican president change, for whatever thing yeah or whatever else so like not that you feel the same way about gun violence as you do climate change but true, you know yeah. whatever i mean it, it it's one and the same for the argument um okay so there's that i also don't necessarily think though you have to be careful here is like i agree with you that republican congressmen, congresswomen have been mostly silent on this issue, but I don't necessarily think that that reflects the feeling of conservatives generally, though. Oh, of course. Okay, I mean, like, so, yeah, David Frum, if you interview David Frum tomorrow, he's like, again, another ridiculous non-conservative thing to do. Right. Like, you know, bullshitting all over the Constitution. Right, and so this mm. is the point, though, is that it's just like we have to be clear about what we're saying when we say, you know, oh, no Republican has really stood up for it no. because it's just, it's the idea that, like, you know, oh, every fucking Democrat is, is Ocasio-Cortez. Like, no, no I mean, obviously, like, the pure leftist, not liberals, you know, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, there are conservatives, and then there's trumpeteers, and there's people in the party, and then there's people that are anti-left who happen to be in the Republican Party for that reason. Yeah, of course, there's there's a there's a big tent in sure. the Republican Party. But again, like, you know, the leadership is not stepping up. Right, right, definitely. Well, because they, you know, I mean, they want to see those those ends, though. I mean, they, they have a vested interest in following this through to the end. Even if I thought the wall was the greatest thing in the world, I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't pursue it this way. I mean, he should have, if you can't, you got to win fair and square. Right, I'm absolutely. not sure pulling out the Trump the Trump card, as it were. <laughs> hey, nice, but yeah. So I mean, you're you're definitely right in those respects, and um, you know, the the thing that I would really caution against, or or, or think is is what is in in a in a bad way going to come back and bite him is that I think this is going to be struck down by the court system. I think that well, so like, it takes six months just to let it go through the right the court exactly. Challenges. And what's going to happen is that you know, point of fact is is that like even in his speech about it being a national emergency, he admitted that it wasn't a national emergency. And yeah. I mean, at that point now, you're you. He, I mean, Trump really is his own worst enemy. I mean, this guy, like, anytime he goes off script, he shoots himself in the foot in every way you possibly could. And this is the worst example, at least, that I can think of to date because this is the only... this. Here's the thing, right? They never called it a Muslim ban. 
right? It was just Muslim-majority nations, okay? Yeah. And so then it became known as the Muslim ban. You know, major media sources picked it up, and they ran with that. And look, I don't think that it's... I don't think it's the wrong thing to do as the opposition, but I do think that it was like, again, in bad faith, you're painting a narrative that you want or that you think it best represents a, 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 the Yeah, there's the 42 Muslim countries, there's 44 Muslim countries in the world, and he didn't want people from five of them to have been designated state sponsors of terror. Right. So, <laughs> but what's different about that than what it is about here is that he, in his own words, said, look, this isn't a national emergency, but this is the way, the easiest way to get it done. And it's like, you fucking dumbass. So not only now have you caused a big sting, now this is going to go, you know, we're going to have to spend all the, all these tax dollars and litigation and everything else. And I don't see how a Supreme, how the Supreme Court could rule in favor of this initiative. Well, it depends. We'll see. I mean, I like to think that the people in the Supreme Court, as a general, are are certainly more polished and respect, like the, the, the respective, the respective like conservatives and, and liberals on the Supreme Court actually do have more integrity more integrity they have they have polished like viewpoints like when yeah comes, well absolutely in defense of the constitution yeah, they're not I mean, they're not gonna just they're not gonna just be like oh i like partisan Trump. lines yeah, they're not gonna do partisan right. lines and so that's the thing and i mean you've seen it recently too i know that uh just recently kavanaugh dissented but he he joined in the decision um to uh not restrict um uh, Louisiana to have only one center that could perform abortions. You know, that was the, did you, did you see this case? I that just not. Okay. So there was a case that eventually went up to the Supreme court. Um, Louisiana had said that it was not an undue burden on the mother seeking the abortion. If there was only one clinic in the state, that that's would ridiculous. Perform it. Yeah, I disagree. With okay. That. Whatever. The, the point though, is that that was, that was the argument. And, you know, uh, the decision was handed down, you know, Bader Ginsburg was out, and so I think it was. What would that make it in order to have that be a? Well, instead a of nine be, people, yeah, it was fucking it was eight, like but eight. I can't remember exactly how it's so probably like seven two or sorry seven one. No, no, no. It was actually closer to. It was closer to like a null decision. Um, okay. it just was. It was. It was must have been five three then. Whatever. And so like, but Kavanaugh sided with, um, sided with the majority, but he even said, like, look, I don't necessarily know. It would be hard to prove that this puts an undue burden on the mother who is seeking the abortion because we would have to see some some facts, some data to back it up. You know, if, if the state made every, op, you know, whatever, we're getting into the weeds well, here. Whatever, the, the, I mean, well, the, yeah, like, I mean, there's been the, 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 the pro-life The, point, yeah, the point being, sorry, is that they were going to say that, or, or the talking point was that if you put a, a, a serious conservative majority on the court, that they're going to attack legislation, settled law, quotes, air quotes, settled law, like Roe v. Wade and things like that, but that even these, even the personally held convictions of the jurists are not enough to sway them from their constitutional mandate to interpret it as it's written or whatever they're— To the best know. of their ability. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I just—I think that's bunk. I think that, like, if you are examining the facts on the ground in the eyes of the Constitution, there is no reasonable way that you could defend um, a decision to, to declare this a national emergency. There is no clear and present danger. There is no yeah. immediate threat. And whether or not, you know, you, you, you could— approach it because i know they like to do this little sleight of hand where they'll say in the narrow you know interpretation that is this within the president's rights to do so even if we don't deem it to be a national emergency by the constitution i don't think they're going to go there i think that 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 requires just well, that, too much legal wrangling well, to try to get there. what's going to happen then six months from now if the courts say you know trump you're absolutely wrong you can't do that we deny your right to the to, to, the, to have a viable state of emergency like now he's literally out of options, and he can't go back to the negotiating table because he looks weak. Oh, it's done. Right. I mean, at yeah. that point, he'll have lost the whole thing, which 
I mean, if that doesn't happen, I mean, you look at like the people that are that have been supporting him from the get go, like Ann Coulter, who basically said, I mean, she's like, look, if yeah, he can't, I'm an idiot. If what's that? Well, yeah, she, she was the whole thing. Like Ann Coulter and like Trump had a row last week. Where, oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. He, if if he doesn't build, if, if he doesn't get this wall done, I mean, he's toast. Like, and so they'll it, honestly. This is this was supposed to be his one legislative achievement that everybody was counting on, and if he can't get it done, which it now seems pretty pretty settled as far as in my opinion that it's not going to happen. People should be happy. With he, they're the gonna, he's going to get primaried, and it is going to be glorious. People should be happy with the tax break and the fact they got rid of the Obamacare individual mandate penalty. But whatever. That's an well, yeah. But I'm saying like this was this was like I mean I know they didn't elect him for that. They bought, they Build wanted the, the wall. wall. No, Build the wall. The wall. Important. So and, and lock her up and drain yeah. the swamp and all so, yeah, stuff. exactly. But um, yeah, I mean that's actually funny. We could go ahead and we can move on from the emergency. emergency if you have anything else to say about no, I'm that. I'm done with it. We could go to um, what you were just saying as far as um, Jesus Christ, my short-term memory is toast. What were you about to say? Um, no, you were just you just said that his legislative achievements. Oh yeah, getting rid of, getting rid of uh, Obamacare. Right. I mean, well, more or and less. then lower taxes. Oh, oh yeah. okay. So we could talk about that. I mean, we already like broached the topic of the Amazon headquarters and the tax abatement and this, that, and the other, and how um, obviously people's refunds have been substantively less than what they had uh, received in earlier years, and basically there is a whole lot of misinformation going around about the fact that these tax policies did not like actually improve the quality of life or like uh, uh, increase the amount of income that these individuals got to. Uh, have in the end. Well, who you, we ta- so who we talk? So who are we talking about though? Are we talking about the middle class. Are we talking about the lower. Middle anybody, class? anybody, basically saying that oh, your return, your your tax refund was less. Mine and was that, higher, and that was no right. <laughs> <laughs> but the point being that um, a, a big Democratic talking point right now is that the the tax policy did not work in favor of every man. It was a giveaway to the corporations, yeah. and it's because their refunds are less than what they have been in the past, Why but not necessarily acknowledging the fact that they were receiving more money with every paycheck. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I'm going I'm to have to take a sidestep from that for a second. I want to say, um, so all tax, de- all anytime you reduce tax burden, of course it disproportionately benefits the quote-unquote the haves over the have-nots because... In this country, 50% of people do not pay taxes at all right. other than when they buy a soda and if, if they pay $0.07 cents extra for their sales tax. And even that, when I go to the ghetto for my business every day, um, they don't even charge sales tax to people because they refuse to pay. It's a flat dollar, and they just make up their numbers at the end of the month to report back to the government. But um, So 50%, 50% of people don't, don't pay t- income tax at all. Then out of the 50% that do, 80% of those motherfuckers – uh, sorry, twenty percent of those people pay eighty percent of the tax receipts. Right. So yes, the money is at the top. So naturally, when you when you do a when you do a when you reduce taxes, it, yes, it disproportionately benefits people who pay more in taxes. You know. But that's not even the gripe, though. Yeah. I mean, the gripe is just that, like, as a talking point, what they're saying is that, like, oh, obviously, like this was a giveaway for the one percent and the top, and that you know even those at the bottom didn't necessarily benefit from these policy this policy shift. Yeah, but the I mean, fact of the matter is, is that they're well, no, but that I don't think that's actually true. I think that in most cases, well, I'm more saying often it's not even not, relevant, right? You know, okay, <laughs> fair. Okay, an even better argument, but not one that necessarily wins votes. Yeah, you sure. Know? Yeah, no, people don't want to be told they're irrelevant, right? So. <laughs> But yeah, so basically what's happening though is that you're getting to keep more of your money throughout the year and not necessarily extending an interest-free loan to the government. You want to have a bigger yeah, you want to have a bigger return tomorrow just put that like like you're allowed to put up to 20%. Like I mean, right. You could pay extra to the it's not a refund. I mean like you give you give the government you pay you pay the government's not giving you money. 
Like you give them, you yeah, give the government. They're paying back a loan. They're paying that you back. They're them. paying back extra money that you gave them. Yeah, exactly. At zero interest. Yeah, and if you're a particularly bad saver, then you can go ahead and you can you know do what you're saying. You can claim uh, what's called uh, uh, more in deduction. No, less in deductions. They'll take more of your money throughout the year, and then at the end of the year, you'll get a bigger check. Yeah, and you yeah, can holding, put that holding. you know direct into savings. So. Yeah, I just thought that was something that was kind of interesting, too, because I've been seeing a lot of that. I mean, specifically uh, Kamala Harris and uh, who was the other one? I think it was... Uh, I don't recall. I want to go back to Bernie person. for one second. You and know. we have to talk about Amy Klobuchar, too. Oh, my gosh. the From Minnesota, the Ice Princess. Oh, I don't even know. Oh, really? Fine, go ahead. Take it. Uh, well, it's just hilarious because she's thrown her hat in the ring, and she did so, like, in, you know, fucking... Um, her home state that was in the middle of like the polar vortex. And so she's like wrapped up in this, that, and the other. And of course, now that she's tossed her hat in the ring, the oppo's already started. And so accounts are rolling in from former staff and aides. And they're saying that like, she has the worst temper on the fucking planet that she would actually throw like binders at people when they would do stuff wrong. And the best part is, is that she had a CNN town hall the other night where she's, somebody asked the question from the crowd and in her defense of her temper and her like management style, she's visibly like losing her temper. Her face goes flushed and she's like freaking out. She's like, she's like, and you know, I expect, uh, you know, uh, high output from the people that I employ. And that's the same thing that I expect, you know, from the United States of America. And if that makes me like a tyrant, then that so makes me a bitch. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's amazing. It's yeah. really good fodder. It would be better if you had seen it. Oh uh, yeah. Sorry. No, the one thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez came out with the Green New Deal, which obviously was a big fucking flop, um, it had some stupid shit in there like jobs for everybody, which literally the definition of communism. And then and Economic then, security for those unwilling to work. Yes, ridiculous. Unwilling. Unwilling. Not unable, unwilling. Right, right, exactly. And then, But then what troubles me is like I feel like Bernie might have even gone more to the left in the last four years because his agenda that's already been posted says something also says like jobs for everybody. Now, you can say jobs for everybody is a phrase like, There'll be jobs for everybody. There are jobs for everybody in the sense that there are millions of unopened. There are millions of jobs that have yes. not have not been filled in the U.S. economy. Right, and even with like yeah. record low unemployment, even with record numbers of people yeah, re-entering the with workforce, with three percent unemployment, you still have mil- like something like three to five million jobs that are unfilled in the U.S. Right. economy. So anybody who wants a job could get a fucking job. Yeah, but that's not what they mean. They mean like I'll give you a bullshit government job where you can like hold make a fuck- work. Yeah, make work, make work bias exactly. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I hope. I'm sure it's going to come down in the debate. Like, what do you mean a job for everybody? How does everybody get a job? Is it going to be a government job? Right. Are you going to force private companies to hire people? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely not a way to, like, have any type of economic prosperity. I mean, like, the big thing right now is that our debt levels have caught up to what our GDP is. And if we don't, if we want to avoid, like, a significant collapse, excuse me, as the most prosperous nation of all time, I mean, we, we have to do something to kind of get those debt levels in check. And anybody who's going to tell you anything differently is either a moron or has pie-in-the-sky hopes and doesn't ever read a fucking book. You know, you look at, like, a lot of these policies that are pushed, like, in the Green New Deal and stuff like that, and they totally rely on modern monetary theory, MMT. Have you seen this? Yes. And so it's like, I mean, honestly, that would have Friedman rolling over in his fucking grave. And I, I don't know, do you want to expand, expound on that a no, little bit? No, I don't. Bit? I mean, it's well. The idea is that, like, the government, just generally speaking, the government by fiat can spend as much as it wants in its own currency because there will never be a competitor as long as um, uh, a viable competitor yeah, as long is, as they continue to produce at or above the marginal rate at and, which and, they produce. And this currency. is nonsense. Like, for example, Japan has learned this lesson the hard way because now people have to work 100 hours a week to break even when they right. hold themselves. Abenomics. Yeah, yeah. That's it's yeah. It's been yeah. around for no, fucking it's, eight it's years. Very, it's, since very, the, it's very, very bad and dangerous. Yeah. Mm. 
Especially in a country that doesn't have immigration. Luckily, we do. But still, it is, it's a race to the bottom. You're going to make poor people poorer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so, a couple things. One, we didn't say what beer we're drinking tonight. We're drinking, oh, Air, we're drinking Erdinger Weiss beer. It's super dank. You can get a total wine. Uh, Erdinger Weiss beer. It's a, it's a German, well, it's a German Weiss beer. <laughs> yeah, it has. It's, it's, it's a very uh, interesting. It does make you burp beer. too much, though. I noticed tonight, me and you're like, Ugh. yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a little bit of feedback there. But um, it's, it's very smooth. It has a, a nice texture on the tongue. I mean, even out of the bottle. It's silky smooth. Yeah, somebody, somebody has uh, told me that uh, it's better out of a glass, but I'm a bottle guy, so I'm going to stick to that until uh, it's no longer feasible. Uh, it is a German Weiss beer, and uh, it has fine yeast, apparently. Mmm. Mmm. That's what she said. Ayo. Gross. Anyway, um, so those are all the topics I had on my paper. What, what, what time are we at? I feel like we've been buzzing. Like, yeah, we've been killing through. it. Uh, we're at a, a, an hour and 30. Okay. Yeah, so we got a little time to run. Uh, let, let's think topically. Um, where else could we go? Um, you know what? I got nothing. <laughs> I was going to talk about my foot. You know, Luckily, it hasn't affected the podcast, but over the weekend, um, I was at a party in, um, in Orlando that I referenced earlier, and I climbed to the top of a bounce house and jumped in and I literally, when I landed, my, my, my toe, my two bone, my, my two of my toes on my left foot went completely perpendicular to my foot and the bone shot out. And um, so I spent my Saturday night at a hospital in Orlando. But actually, I'm making a great recovery because the bones weren't broken. So the doctors repositioned. Actually, this actually does lead me to a topic that I do want to talk about. So I don't have health insurance, even though I'm wealthy. Why? Well, I, I believe it to be a scam and I don't think it's an economically wise choice. Here's what I'm getting at. So... My accident of 2019 is going to be this foot accident. I went to the emergency room. The bill's going to be about $1,000. Now, let's say I had health insurance, and I paid $300 a month in premiums. That's $3,600 a year. Well, I still have a $5,000 deductible. And because I have insurance, now they're, not pay- now they're not billing me at cash prices. They're going to bill me at the inflated insurance price. So they say, oh, uh, $10,000. And the insurance says, okay, you pay the $5,000 deductible. We'll pay the other $5,000. Of course, the insurance company doesn't pay that $5,000. Then they negotiate their half down to like $1,000. So it would have been an $8,600 bill. It's, it's ridiculous to me. So no, I, 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 don't, I don't have health insurance. I just save up cash in an individual medical retirement account. And then, um, and for those of you, oh, that sounds too elitist. Put money under your mattress or in a safety deposit box for when shit goes down once a year. And so yeah, even though this is an annoying $1,000 mistake, the point is, like, I was, it's much cheaper than health insurance, which is a big reason why I feel like the uh, Obama individual mandate and Obamacare failed because... Healthcare itself is a really bad deal. It's only good if you guy buy health insurance on a Monday and you lose your arm on a Tuesday in a violent right. car accident and they have to reattach and it costs fifty thousand dollars and you have health insurance. Like, well, that's actually not bad with my five thousand dollar deductible, my five thousand dollar a year in premiums. That's ten thousand dollars. I paid ten thousand dollars for a fifty thousand dollar operation. That's a great deal. Sure, but more than that, if you get sick, go to MD now for two hundred dollars. When I had when I had the flu in January, I went to MD now. Two hundred dollars. Got my prescription. Got a doctor look at me. Got diagnosed and um prognosticated all this all the good stuff i got my prognosis everything so yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean it's it's definitely like it it makes sense for if you're a healthy american and you you know you do all of the uh you know surgeon general mandated things avoid smoking exercising regularly I'm, he's saying this while like, i'm like dancing yeah. with a cigarette and beer <laughs> um you know it, it really only makes sense at this point to have if at the uh, a minimum a catastrophic catastrophic bar. yeah yeah that, what, what we really want in, in a bifurcated system is Everyone has catastrophic insurance. So, like, if you, like, you know, you get in a car accident and, like, 
they got to put your organs back in you, stuff like that. Things that just require like incredible amounts of expertise and like would be a $100,000 operation, you're covered. And you want preventative care because it saves the government money. Even though I think people should do it themselves, I don't have a problem with people having like like the two-tiered system like in um like in Switzerland where you know, if you need to get a it's important it'd be nice to actually give women pap smears and mammograms so that we could avoid breast cancer and fucking cervical cancer. That makes sense because it's preventive care and an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. But the idea that we're like oh, we're going to subsidize elective surgeries like oh my knee kind of hurts or why does it hurt well i'm 500 pounds i'm a piece of shit you know like no right not. doesn't work that way i got um, lung cancer because i smoke no yeah i mean and you look at like you know incidences of of like uh cancer and things like that i mean switzerland doesn't even necessarily have the best model to deal with things like that i mean i know that like there is no better specialized medicine um than in the United States. And it's because we can, you know, because of this system. The high, the high end, the high end is incredible. America has the best high end medicine. Right, absolutely. Because, you know, we pay people disproportionately for their expertise. And our research is incredible. I mean, we have things like proton, like while everywhere else in the world, people are like pouring poison themselves to fight cancer with a 2% success rate. You know, we got proton therapy. We can like, we can like laser in on a fucking tumor and destroy it without causing any harm to the human body. Right. But that's because we, we invest billions of dollars in R&D so that people can make a lot of money off those treatments. Yeah, yeah. I support cash clinics, and anyway, that was just a little personal anecdote. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, those are always nice. I mean, it kind of humanizes us. Um, let's see. What else do we got in other news here? Um, yeah, I got nothing, man. Maybe it's an hour and a half episode. Maybe we should just cut it. I know. It, it seems like my, it might be the right thing to do instead of trying to force out another uh, yeah. 30 minutes. We don't have a special guest or anything this week. I mean, it would have been nice to have had somebody uh, here in the studio with us. For those of you who've been listening to your car for the last 10 minutes and you're like, Alex, just shut the fuck up and cut it. I'm with you. Look, we're still working on the Facebook page because we want to be able... Uh, uh, for, for a couple things. A couple of you that have, I've had a couple emails sent to me saying, like, Alex, I can't find the podcast on these apps. It's Earth Special Forces, but you have to put an apostrophe in Earth's. Otherwise, it doesn't show up half the time. Um, we are trying to get the Facebook page up and running with some photos of us, and we'll we'll curate some like fun content and, and memes and stuff for you every day, and we'll have the episodes listed there as well for easy access. So for those of you who don't have a podcast app but like to dick around on Facebook and you want to click on the page, that'll be there for you. We're going to try to get that up in the next few weeks, like we said the last few weeks, but we're really working on it. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, some te- uh, the good things in life are worth waiting for, and some things take time. No, for sure. And, like, you know, we both, you know, I'm running a company. Andrew's an engineer. We got full-time jobs. You know, we got families. Dependence, yeah. yeah. I, got, I got a dog. He's got a daughter. It takes... <laughs> and it takes a village. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, thanks for being with us again. And uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to bring you this content uh, every couple of weeks. And, and we'll do our best to uh, incorporate any comments that you may have or um, even anything, any particular topics that you want us to uh, broach. We'll, we'll get in there and, and get dirty on it, you know. It's been a lot of like fun kind of like circle jerking here so far. I mean, it, it just so happens that Alex and I are, are, are pretty aligned on uh, most of our ideological viewpoints. And, and you know, I mean. But we are providing, we, what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide like a liberty, like we said in the first episode, we're trying to provide an alternative to like a traditional right or left medium. Like I don't want to give you MSNBC and Fox News talking points. I want to give you what I think to be both sometimes a centrist, but also a libertarian, just like a. It's not a contrarian point of view. I'm just giving like alternative solutions to these long-standing, persistent problems. Like, you know, like I, I harp on a lot about plastic pollution. I think ultimately, when I go, one thing I do like when I go to Europe is that there's no fucking plastic bottles on the ground. Why? Because the 
homeless people pick them all up. And unlike here, they get 25 cents a bottle, so they all get recycled. We have a recycling rate of 50% in America. In Norway, it's 97%. I want 97% recycling rates. Yep. So, so yeah, things like that. But anyway, look, thank you for listening. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want to get into a tangent in my outro. So thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, and I hope you enjoy episode four. Absolutely, we'll see you next time.